the beat, beat. All since notes are fully punctuated. Running the light dot exe. System optimization is less than normal. Server damage detected. Please stop whatever you are doing and make your way to the nearest exit. Technical support is complete. Please vacate the area. I repeat. Please leave. Are you even listening to me? I will shoot you. Error. Server block 3 is experiencing critical ignition. Yes, right. System failure imminent. I hope you are proud of yourself. Initiating the Low Life Podcast. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're back. And uh, this is a first full episode of 2022 with uh, the whole crew back. Oh, Welcome yeah. Back. Shadow Link. Glory to the machine. Yeah, back from the brink of death. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> He's been made stronger. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and, and also Scum. Hello. And we're just going to tidy up some business from uh, last season. Um, this is the second half of Network. And uh, wow, what a, what a few weeks, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, fucking people stranded on I-95 for over a day. Yeah. Uh, a snowstorm, COVID hitting us, uh, you know, all over the place, all over the place. And, and it's Never just, right. okay. uh, there was that fucked up apartment fire in New York City because, like, it was a space heater. And you, you don't be having a space heater unless, like, your fucking landlord isn't hooking up the heat. Yep. Um, yeah. It's almost like it's nothing start- works. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Way to not enforce that, the city. Anyway, but. With all that in mind, imagine we got we got this guy Howard Beale. All right, <laughs> he he just woke up in the middle of the night on his friend's couch and and put on he's muttering to himself and he he puts on his raincoat and he walks out into the rain, no hat, nothing, just starts walking in the rain. He's been gone the whole time and nobody knows where the fuck he is. This guy's uh, mental state has been uh, gradually deteriorating this entire time. By the way, yes, yes. Like, yes. He's got the yeah. he's got the divine madness. He's, oh, yeah. and, uh, it starts off like talking about how he's like lost his wife and shit, like right at the beginning of the movie. I mean, and, yeah, and like how uh, he's about to lose his job and everything, and yeah. So the, it's uh, it's been it's been a steady downturn, and so, now he has the yes, the divine madness. Yes, I think this and, is uh, a better outcome. He is. Uh, <laughs> He's an angry prophet uh, denouncing the hypocrisies, hypocrisies of, our time. of our times. Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so he he finally he makes his way back into the building. And um, I do believe I Diana myself, by the way. Oh, that's totally original. I've never heard yep, that yep, before. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no no memeing here. Coined. Um, and Howard, Howard's returned now. He's at the studio. He's about to go on, and they just let him in. Yeah, like, uh, he is just drenched, and yeah, he's just drenched. He's just muttering to himself and stuff yeah. like that. He's in his pajamas. Yeah, it's you like remember the, best the door guy too. Yeah, well, the, the, the door guy lets him. He's like, even to Mister Beale, and he's like, I must make my witness. And it's like, very good, Mister Beale. And he closes. The door. I love that yeah. so much. Oh man, I don't get paid enough to deal with whatever. Nope. Yeah, I've, been there. I've been there. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. I was you just don't make once, eye contact. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, watching <laughs> whatever this they the... say, don't make eye contact. You watching this movie you. for the for the third time is really like I've... there are jokes that I didn't even notice uh, until oh. this 
like, and I feel like it's going to be that way every time I watch it. There's going to be a I, new joke popping out. For sure. I oh, can yeah. can't confirm. I've been watching this thing on and off like for 20 years. Not like all the time, but like you know, maybe once a year when I'm in the mood to just be like, yeah. yeah. And I, it, there's always, you know, this is the first time I've watched it with the subtitles. And mm. there's shit you're going to miss. Like you can miss it for 20 years because you just won't see oh, yeah. the word. It, well, it sounds like gobbledygook because they talk so fast sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, oh shit, no, that's a thing. And then you look it up and you're like, oh, oh wow. Okay, I forgot about that. You know, and it's, it's, oh my God. It's dense. It's like oh yeah, brick. Like yeah, they oh. pack a lot of stuff into this movie, and even I mean, and like you were talking about the Civil uh, Civil uh, the Soothsayer. Uh, that oh, little, I'll get to that. I'll yeah, we're to gonna that. get that. Get I got that. a whole bit there. Um, yeah. So like so, you know now how how we're sitting at his anchor's desk, right? Diane's leaning in, like oh here we go, right? <laughs> and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read his entire speech. It's like a couple of pages. I'm not going to do it like he did it because I want to give you a reason to watch the movie if you have. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then also give you a reason to rewatch the movie if you have. But, like, given what's happening in the world at the moment, these words have hit differently every time I've heard them. Mm-hmm. And when I, was, when I was younger, like 20 years ago when I saw this for the first time, it seemed, like, prophetic in a way. And now it seems like here's a list of the things we got right. Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. it's already come to pass. Like we're way through the yeah. looking glass on. Like we're this oh, yeah. was throwing its dart, you know. And yep. anyway, so so Howard, yeah, like I mean, if this movie is teaching me anything, it's you know we were we were doomed, or I was doomed before I was even born, essentially. Yeah, because I mean, it, it, I, I was born into the doom. Yeah. <laughs> are are you are a doomer? I no, I'm no. just too much was happening when I was born for any of it to make sense. I mean, you know, it's yeah. like Ford was still president. <laughs> I always forget that, and that's such a weird thing when you bring. I it always up. no, because I remember Carter growing up. You know, a little God. bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, like that was the name that came up. Nobody was talking about Ford. Uh, you know, why, why would they? Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> He was he was like he was like an asterisk in the fucking footnote, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no one's gonna remember him in history. Right. So so Howard look he's like clutching the edge of the desk. All right. And he's looking right into the camera and they're just pushed zoomed right in. He's like taking up the whole frame. What and is he, he gonna just, do? What is he gonna do? Right. And everybody's just like, oh fuck. And he just goes, I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their jobs. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. The banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep guns under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. Nobody anywhere seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad. They're worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller. And all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster, my TV and my steel belted radials. And I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. And then Diana, at this point, she smiles. (laughs) She's like, oh, shit. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to riot. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. 
I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the streets. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, goddammit. My life has value. So I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And Howard, at this point, yeah, that's the, that's that's it. Like That's, that's shit. <laughs> that hurts to read. Like, yeah. Oh, if they yeah. only knew, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they had no idea they when they were going. Oh, but they yeah. did. Like, this was really just taking what was happening and following it to its logical end. I mean, yeah, th- that's this was a fucking parrot, like a satire. Well, the shit we're going point. through now <laughs> is like all all the stuff we're going experiencing now is already set in stone in like the seventies. Like oh, they, yeah. we're experiencing the economic policies of the seventies and the oh, 80s, yeah. you know, Essentially. like like it and takes many decades for all this stuff to like wash out. And oh yeah, it hasn't yet. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> oh, uh, no, right. There is a. I don't. I never kept on it and kept up on it but there was a uh, bill for public transportation in chicago um mm-hmm. that the uh uh i think the like you know obviously the Koch brothers were involved with this but uh um i think it was to make a more efficient public transportation system which oh, is chicago needs um mm-hmm. But of course, that got blocked, and that's going to oh yeah essentially shape the- essentially shape the the infrastructure of Chicago's traffic system for the next thirty years. Yeah, that's well, yeah. Chicago. Fuck, I mean, that's it's, fucked up. The whole well, idea is as long you don't as long as you don't fuck with the red line, no one really cares. Yeah, parts of that L are over one hundred and twenty years old. Yeah, yeah, like not no joke. I mean, testament to how well they're built, but you know, that shit's going to vibrate. Everything's going to warp it over time. You know, yeah. and I, they've had derailings on the green line. Yep. Because they have like yeah. the, the green lines that, at that switch where the one like goes right. They, they, they used to hop the track there. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah they're, yeah. But no, we just got to keep kicking it down the road. I remember like when the, the dude showed up here to fix the Metro, this guy, Paul Wiedefeld, he had just like basically rehabbed the Baltimore airport. And like this, this guy's his his shtick was like he showed up and fixed it, and it, like legit, like this guy's he had a hell of a track record. When he got here, he didn't overtly say it, but he'd release these like kind of, kind of like wink, like, yo, this motherfucker didn't do nothing for like twenty years in here. What the fuck, you know? Like that was the vibe you got from like all of his messages and tweets and stuff. He's like, oh yeah, we're gonna be shutting down this entire section of track because it hasn't been looked at in twenty years. And it's like, god. oh my god, you know yeah, that happens just... a lot in New York. Yeah. Like when they have to redo tracks after God knows how long, it like because mm-hmm. they have to shut them down. There's really no way. But the thing is, because the way the infrastructure through New Jersey and New York works, it's like if you shut something down, it's like it's catastrophic Ripple effect. like yeah, it's yeah. awful but like because there's no like constant maintenance on anything ever it, yeah. it has to happen whether you like it or not and it's horrible it's, like the one time they, the one time they shut the line like one of the lines that go to brooklyn so there's only one and like are you trying to like kill us all like what's wrong with you yeah oh i mean they they've been single tracking up here a hell of a lot yeah it's real and bad. All, <laughs> all it does is like so instead of rush hour, every like 12 minutes, a thing comes, it's like every 20 to 25, maybe 30 minutes. Yeah, so yeah. you just know when to hit it, you know, like it's, but yeah, it's, it's like all these, all these fine. things, all these you know, things like were whatever. like put into motion many decades ago. And a lot of these things don't go away many decades after, and we still yeah. feel the effects of them to this day. 
Yeah. I mean, look, these things are these are great systems. They need to be like not only maintained but advanced. Well, because the, well, the the foundation for this is great. It's a great idea to be able to go to a thing that's a big fucking box that's going to shoot at sixty miles an hour. Like, you well, know, not even just infrastructure. I don't have about. to pay for sure. a car. I don't have to pay for parking. I don't have sure. to pay for fucking insurance. I don't have to pay for maintenance. Sure, I don't cars have to are pay awful. for gas. No, you know what I mean? Nobody should have cars, but I'm talking about like beyond infrastructure. I'm talking about like societal. I'm talking about all of these things yeah. that end up getting put into motion and they just don't go the fuck away. Like we're still dealing with trickle down economics. It's been how long sure. yeah. ago? Yeah. Like, and it, oh, listen, they've right. been, they have been trying to push that shit since in the industrial revolution started. So yeah. well, well, just when, imagine when, like how observant you had to be in the seventies to look at what's going on. And it's like, this when is there what's was no happen. more money to be made yeah. because like one like fucking person held like the keys to the whole thing. Yeah, we didn't like immediately. And there's that no, person. you know, well, there that's your old, oh, you know, there's like fucking free market, you know, mm-hmm. uh, competition. Yeah. <laughs> Except they don't, you know, and, and, you know, it's a lack of imagination on like, say, the smaller towns part. Like sure. you don't need to have, you know, the L in, say, Youngstown, Ohio. But, you know, a fucking that trolley would- that ran on a loop. Yeah, and it then would be pretty it's funny. an inner loop, you know, like but like an efficient bus system, like an actually yeah. efficient mm-hmm. bus system. One that you funded and used and like if you like take it out of your fucking taxes and then you don't have to pay to use it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Absolutely. You know, you know what I love? I'm just thinking about it's people. From, I know what I love. I just thought of it. People from other countries are probably listening to this and they're like, what the fuck? Because they don't have like effective transit, except the UK, except the UK. But everyone else is like, has a fuck that. China has a fucking bullet train, and like we can't even get a train (laughs) to go over fifty miles an hour without fucking wrecking into a neighborhood. Like, no bullshit. Like our public transportation is fine for fifty years ago. Yeah, Yeah. it's just like, and and then like what we get, you know, when we ask for a better version of that is some asshole who wants to make a single lane road underground (laughs) for a bunch of electric cars. It gets oh, pushed up fucking yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, I just I think about Jer- every time we th- talk about infrastructure, I always think about Jersey Transit and how like nightmarish and how awful it is. And I'm like, because the, yeah. the train cars are ancient and awful and not yeah, clean yeah. and don't use the bathroom. Well, I mean, th- then there's the other problem because they just had to shut down the newest line of trains here. Oh, really? Why are we talking about this? Why are we anyway, talking about this? I don't know. That was weird. You should be getting mad, audience. Go get mad. Yeah. Well, Take to the streets. <laughs> Stick your head out the window and yell, you're not going to take it anymore. Right. So Howard's now, (laughs) he's standing up from the desk, all right? He's like walking away from his desk. He's just like repeating this call to action like over and over again. Because he's like gesturing with his hands. Yeah, because the background, the camera, the the, the crew are like, we should not be in the shot. And like (laughs) you can see them kind of like moving, like ninja-ing their way around. Well, they just have two angles and the, with the second you know camera two or whatever has camera three and it's fucking like sight you know and it's just yeah. like it's hilarious <laughs> because they just because you know fucking diana's like stay on him you know what yeah. i mean like she's, yeah. she's like stay on this this is the shit this is what we want right so control room yeah he's telling them to stay with him and diana leaves the control room as howard continues his screed right so you cut to max's apartment they're watching this on tv and max the whole just, family is, yeah, with the whole family. Well, I mean, except for the one daughter that's in Seattle. But like, if, you, if you remember, like, Max has just been fired. Yeah. Max has just been fired. Right. Yeah. He's already had. Uh, he already knocked boots with Diana one time. Yeah. But but he's still he's sitting. But then here she kind of stabbed him in the back and uh, mm-hmm. went over his head. Took his fucking show. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And he knew because this is he this knew. is what she wanted. 
you know, this is well, what this she's is what wanted, she wanted since like scene knew. one. He yeah. was fine with that because he was already he knew he was on his way out. Oh yeah. And, and like yeah. his oh, buddy's was, going he was crazy. Definitely thinking with his dick the entire time, too. For I, sure. For oh, sure. Yeah. He's yeah, in the she, throes of despair. He knows he's at the end of his life. Like he, he says as much later. You know what I mean? Like he, he knows where he's at. And this isn't an excuse. This is just why he did it. You know, yeah. like it's not great. You know, no, it's not. But he looks crestfallen because Howard looks insane. And yeah. uh, Diana, they cut back to her and she asks who's on the phone. And they're like Atlanta. And they're like, she first question. She's like, are they yelling at Atlanta? She wants to know if people are yelling out the window because she knows this is what's happening. This is because it's a call to action. This is no longer. Yeah. Reportage. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is straight up like rush the gates. You yeah. know, like yeah. this is a there's a fire in the theater. Like this well, is actionable, like by law, it, in fact. It seems like this is a a big deal, a turning point. Um oh, in it the American like it's it's a turning point for the story, but like you would say that this might be a turning point in America where it where it like you know how Woodstock was supposedly some sort of uh, iconic moment in American history uh, and recorded American history, anyways. This is organizing online. Yeah. Except it's one way. It's you have yeah. one source. You have sixty million people watching this guy melt the fuck down. Yeah. And what he says makes sense. That's the bitch of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's not like he's ranting and like we get they actually address that later like when they look for a replacement we'll get to that but like he's like yeah th this is it you know like this this calls back to like earlier when he's just like i ran out of bullshit and this is evidence yeah. of that yeah. you know so like they're yelling in baton rouge diana is ecstatic you know she's she's yeah. having a very like full response to this because this is exactly what she saw was gonna happen you know <laughs> yep. This this and, is what gets her off. Yeah, yeah. This is totally what gets her off, and it's not cartoonish. Like oh, she, oh yeah. This is fucking acting, man. Like I love this movie. Anyway, yeah. so Max's daughter goes to the window. <laughs> People are yelling out their windows. Okay, they're doing the. I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take this anymore. Thing right. And yeah. Max up gets up and he goes to the window and more and more people are yelling until it just becomes this like cacophony of yeah it's just a, a din of people just leaning out their windows voices uh, and just yelling yeah, yeah. Voices and shouting and thunder and rain and right yes yeah there, there's a storm happening which like would don't get all fucking cue on me but like <laughs> the the thing is is every now and again you could pick one voice out who's saying the whole thing and they all say it pretty much the same way but there's a little variation here and a little variation there and this is very yeah. important this is something this is something i didn't notice before either you have this is the first instance of this happening and it's just this you know like this yeah. fucking wave crashing okay so the narrator max closes the window right and then the narrator comes up and they're like by mid-october the howard beale show had settled at a 42 share <laughs> more than equaling all the other network news shows combined in the Nielsen ratings, the Howard Beale show was listed as the fourth highest rated show of the month, surpassed only by the $6 million man, All in the Family, and Phyllis, a phenomenal state of affairs for a new show. This fucking narrator, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> ultimate straight man. Like, for, so for, deadpan. So deadpan. So fucking deadpan. And, and you're like, you're talking over your head sometimes, you know, like talking about this. You, you will forget about the share thing. Like, there were people who went and saw this movie who didn't know what the fuck they were talking about, you know. Yeah. And I was that guy at first. See, the dogs are gonna bark here yeah. for a minute because either T's home or like we're getting mail. Anyway, 
So Diana, she she flies to LA to coordinate with the West Coast and prep like new shows for the season because she's got her hit now. Now she's going to ride that. And uh, so she introduces herself. I'm Diana Christensen, a racist lackey of the imperious ruling circles. <laughs> I love this. Oh, man, I love that. Who introduces herself to Diana as I'm Lorraine Hobbs, a badass commie N-word. It's, <laughs> it's such a fucking power move. I love that. Oh, my God. It, it, She's such a great character for the they moments. Don't that you the yeah, no, they don't done. waste a scene. They don't waste a scene. Like, this... Everybody has been trying to remake this movie in some way, I think, but has ever seen it. And it's it's impossible. Like you have to find your own thing. But like, yeah. this is a hell of a template. <laughs> like, this yeah. is a, it's a clinic for how to like. We just take this scene right because you get these two di- like so opposed characters meet each other for yeah. various reasons. Because again, yeah. this is supposed to be a hardcore communist meeting, like a capitalist to figure out like how to best sell their message, basically. Yeah, yeah. How how to sell how to uh, package up? You know the this uh, the revolution. The revolution. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because this is the thing. This is after, you know, like the summer alone. Everybody talks about like the 60s. It was like three months. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, it was like three months after Woodstock, from what I understand. You know what I mean? And then that was just like everybody got all fucking crazy one summer. You know what I mean? And, you know, it it was like hot girl summer, but with like really weak weed and really weak acid. (laughs) And um, everybody was just like, I love you. And then all those people now live in an HOA. It's fucking nuts. Except for one guy. I know one guy doesn't. He's awesome. He stayed with it. He reminds me of Michael Caine in Children of Men. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Diana says, sounds like the basis of a firm friendship. Yep. Because they're yeah. like, it's amazing. One has a need, one has something they need. And, you know, and this is the dynamic that is at play here. And yeah. both of them are going to fucking angle to get what they want, which is yeah. incredible. It's an incredible piece. So Haywood, the lawyer, um, he, he says, uh, because he, he's like, all right, all right. Lorraine takes a seat and introduces her lawyers who want to know what the fuck this is all about, right? What, what's going on here? Why are you meeting with us? You're from a TV station. We're I'm these lawyers representing this woman who has access to a terrorist group. You know, yeah. like <laughs> her lawyer too. Hobbs' lawyer is awesome. Like he's like this southern guy oh. with a pipe. Hey, yeah. well, he's great. It's incredible, he's, and he's, he's only like, seen. He's like he literally, yeah, and he kills it. He kills every yeah. like fucking money has and he goes uh because when a national television network in the person of booby here and he points to the the guy that found the film in the first place with the beard and the shades Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's always like wiping his shades off um here comes to me and says they want to put the ongoing struggle of the oppressed masses on primetime television i have to regard this as a scance he just eats that line so fucking well it's never seen again either like it's oh, such an incredible yeah. moment. I think you might see him again, but I don't think he has any more lines. Yeah, that's I think a, in fact, well, lines. because this is the scene you see an uncredited Lance Hendrickson sitting on yeah. the arm of the couch. Wow. Yeah, he doesn't have any lines yet, but he ha- he might have more lines than Haywood. Mm-hmm. So, what's the matter, bud? I like teetering. Anyway, so another lawyer interrupts this uh, to Diana uh, or interprets this to Diana as basically like if we're going to do this show, the political content is going to be like front and center and Lorene is going to have total creative control. Now, Diana, who believes in engagement over like truth or quality, says she can have it. I don't give a damn about the political content. And so Lorene's like, <laughs> well, what kind of show did you have in mind? Because she was expecting a fight here. you know. Yeah. Like, because, you know, she's like, look what we have. We have bank robbers and shit. And, like, we get kidnapped an heiress. Like, what the fuck? Um, Diane says, 
that she's like interested in doing a weekly dramatic series based on the ecumenical liberation army. And uh, then she goes like, and I'll tell you right now that the first show has to be a two hour special on Marianne Gifford. And uh, it's like, so yeah, your pilot episode is about the kidnapping of an heiress. I'm just yeah. thinking of the legal issues, you know, like there's so much going on here. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they get to that. They actually talk about it. But anyway, they do. Yeah. She also wants like a lot more film, like the bank robbery. Like she sees the series as like a weekly show that opens with like, quote, an authentic act of political terrorism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, they want to tell For the hook. it's incredible. For the hook. You yeah. know, to keep you but watching. The interesting thing is that. Well, uh, we'll get to it later, actually. Uh yeah, oh, just well, wanted well, like, to to uh, highlight the similarities between this and like the rise of reality TV. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because oh, yeah. I remember a time when like TV wasn't exactly like that. They, you know, yeah. you'd have the the local news, for example, was a very regional thing. Yes. Um, you know, right up until the Telecommunications Act, which is probably going to be an episode unto itself at some point, because I got beef. Yeah. <laughs> and th- I remember the difference. You know, the difference before was it was hyper local. They were talking about like you know the surrounding areas all the way like over into PA and stuff, and like up to Cleveland and Akron, because like we had this like whole Pittsburgh just this big circle uh, that like people interacted with each other, and they were able to address that stuff. So when we had like a weather event, some big fucking tornadoes coming, they'd be like, "Hey, there's a tornado coming." Years later, after like, you know, what Sinclair, Clear Channel, whatever, started taking over all these networks, there was a story I remember up in Minnesota where they were getting like a big city news channel 60 miles like west of the city. And they got hit with a tornado before warnings went up in the main town. Oh, no. Right. Which is why you need hyper local news addressing local issues and things. We kind of touched on this in the first episode of Network. 100%. Yeah. It was like, yeah, everything became, uh, networked as you you would say yeah and uh yeah the quality went way down oh sure, yeah. sure. Just because it, well, it became shit. it became homogenized yeah you know and it's just like these are the things you as a citizen are required to know and that is it you know and it's like yep. yeah, yeah. But there was interesting dumb shit that i had like found out about because of the news before that you just don't get a whole hell of a lot of now yeah you know well, i mean like well this area especially is too big you know, I, I really enjoyed, uh, I, I would have to say, WGN's uh, Nine like in Chicago, their morning show. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Whoever there's, they're still doing it, too. They were fucking funny. Because, like, if you had the good fortune of being home, watching their show from the beginning, they were nice and crisp when it started. And by the second or third hour, they started getting goofy as fuck. And they would just start showing, like, YouTube videos that were goofy of, like, people falling off of chairs and shit. And... <laughs> I mean, like, uh, we don't one know time, what we're doing anymore. No, one time they were uh, WG had reported a fucking plane crash. Oh my god! Like they had, they sent a chopper out in the whole fucking nine yards, and it turns out it was just they. It was a fake. It was a prop plane that for a TV <laughs> show. <laughs> you look it up. On, they were so fucking funny about it too. Like they were just so good. Oh, they yeah. they kill it. But like. You know, back home, we had, you know, like three channels back in the day before. If you knew how to tweak your antenna a little bit, it was like 45 and 49 was kind of like PBS sort of, you know, and if you could really tweak it, you'd get 43 out of Cleveland. And that's how I got to see like Robotech and shit, you know, but that was it. And they had to deliver. Yeah, because it's like back then it's like like, man. I think the Internet has spoiled us for like fucked up content because now you want to see terrorists, you could go see terrorists. But it's like the yeah oh god it's kind now of now like, that's just how the news opens yeah now that's just you know? how it opens too yeah. but I'm like if you just want to see terrorists you'll see terrorists but like I guess back then the idea of like you know network- you had to wait for the nightly news like the the national news because basically yeah. you had that half hour local stuff 
And then, you know, you well, every day the half hour or whatever it, of the national sure. news. I mean, with enough like poking around the internet, every day could be the like the terror show. But like, yeah. I guess when they were yeah. making but this, this the- wasn't, this was still like a thing, you know, like where we were like, whoa, fuck, you know, like there wasn't a whole hell of a lot of things that ever made it on a TV at that point. It was kind of, it was like a bank robber or DB Sweeney or something would be like, you know, capturing the imaginations of the nation. Yeah. But it was like kind of few and far between. It was, you know, Mm. Every every news they were always trying to chase that high, always as long as there's been print, as long as people have been writing, <laughs> there's <laughs> always been a penchant for like exaggeration and you know hyperbole. But like back then, it you know something really big had to happen, like uh, you know the thing that basically you know killed Jimmy Carter's you know presidency, where like apparently like Reagan arranged or somebody like fucking arranged for these like hostages to be shuttled out of whatever i can't remember now because it was just like it was it was just part of the dirty politics like that would go on going forward yeah, nobody yeah. could just do something because it's the right thing to do you had to do it and stab somebody yeah and it's like well that's just the way things are I'm like yeah but it's not working like we're, we're sitting here like watching you do this stuff and none of us give a fuck because like flint still has lead-filled water yeah. how about you do <laughs> yeah. your jobs yeah, exactly. we don't give a shit about this drama i don't want to know your fucking names yeah if i yeah. if i know your name that means you fucked up because i'm paying more attention to your personality and whether you wear like a dashiki to act like you're sad about something mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm sorry i will uh be attacking like the democratic party from the left um <laughs> don't don't think for a second that i'm like yeah. all right oh, listen. yeah <laughs> Oh, we to attack both parties. Some people tend to uh, fucking. You know, it's not like I'm above anything. It's just like oh. y'all ain't even doing the bare minimum. Uh, no, Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, it's it's difficult. Anyhow, before we tangent again, <laughs> <laughs> there's so much. She goes on to specify about like Diane's talking about the show. She she's like the footage has to be taken like on the spot in the actual moment, just like the bank robbery was. Hmm. They they then want to cut like to behind the scenes drama before like the opening footage you know what i mean like they were just like here's how they set it up and stuff and like, duh, 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 kind of kind of shit you know and then like she wants laureen to convince the ala to deliver that footage you know and the network can't deal with them directly because they're wanted criminals so laureen says the ecumenical liberation army is an ultra left sect creating political confusion with wildcat violence and pseudo insurrectionary acts which the communist party does not endorse the American masses are not ready uh, for open revolt. Well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we would not want to produce a television show celebrating historically deviational terrorism. Diane counters with, I'm offering you an hour of primetime television every week into which you can stick whatever propaganda you want. Holy shit. I like, like hearing, Oh, God. Hearing it broken down like that, it's like, wow, you are just... Yeah, well, so Lorraine was... Fuck. Lorraine volleys back. She's like, the ecumenicals are an undisciplined ultra-left gang whose leader is eccentric, to say the least. He calls himself the great Ahmed Khan and wears a Hussar's shako. (laughs) Diane says, Miss Hobbs, we're talking about 30 to 50 million people a shot. It's a lot better than handing out mimeographed pamphlets on ghetto street corners. A mimeograph was how you got your like tests and shit, like in say maybe 60s, 70s. Like I I grew up with it. There was a mimeograph machine. It basically looked like the Mangler from the Stephen King based movie. Cool. It's like you just had a stack of paper. It was a copy machine. But what it did was it, it basically like threw down and tattooed each piece with this like purple ink. 
Hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's it was a, that really. Thanks for taking me back to fucking grade school. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so the the two of them they size each other up, right? And Lorraine's yeah. like, "I'll have to take this matter to the central committee." And then she pauses and smiles, and she's like, "And I'd better check it out with the great Ahmed Khan." Diane mentions that she'll be around for a few more days, and she'd really like to get the fucking show rolling. Like she just wants to like, like yeah, it's incredible. She yeah. like literally yeah. is saying it's like these guys, these people are terrorists, and she just counters with yeah, but, but I don't care. I want them on yeah. TV because people will watch it. Even yeah. Hobbs is like, uh, yeah. She's and, like, oh, yo, pump the brakes. What? Oh, you, man. you hear what I'm? You hear the words I'm saying to you, right? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the scenes with Laureen are just they're, they're fucking incredible, incredible because it, it, yeah, it really outlines exactly why like communism kind of faltered in well, it, the 70s it, it, and from then on just kind of yeah went downhill yeah it would have been nice if they that, actually did some communism you know yeah because <laughs> yeah, they, they're just doing bank robberies and yeah doing weird shit, yeah right? you know, so like, but, but like, the, that's not like that's the that's the the red herring here the the thing is is you know what is going to get engagement like bad like bad press yeah. is still press yeah well, that yeah, gets because, eyes on your product because you know? this, and that's why this, tabloids still exist yeah, yeah this, you know what I mean? this group of people well, this like communist group is i uh, like diane is their boss essentially they have to answer yeah. to her so I'll it's not in a it's, way you know they're they're still in they're still part of the system they're still in the system because oh, they sure. need that yeah, money sure sure yeah because they get a, like a stipend and shit too like yeah. out of this oh, we'll, get, like, we'll get into that we'll, later we'll get into that. anyway but so like now now we cut to this house right it's like possibly a farmhouse like you can kind of see a tractor just to the edge yeah. of the frame and yeah it's just like, down the middle of nowhere right there's uh-huh. just like there's two men are coming out of the front door and this red pickup pulls up and it's got like one of the windows is just like plastic like taped yeah. And uh, Lorene gets out and she's immediately like patted down for weapons and bugs. So it's clear that she's not part of this organization. She literally is the liaison. She has like a place where she could do a dead drop to find out where to get picked up to go out to the farm kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. They go inside. Right. Lorene enters a room with people sitting around what looks like one of those old like wire spools people used to use as a table. Yeah. You know, and um, they're, they're all eating out of a like a bucket of KFC. And she walks in and she's like, <laughs> Well, Ahmed, you ain't gonna believe this, but I'm gonna make you a make a TV star out of you, just like Archie Bunker. You're gonna be a, <laughs> be a household word. Word, and uh, Ahmed mouthful says, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> and deep, this guy, booming voice. This is, yeah, this is like you know, this is a big black guy, and it's you know, obviously well, playing on a stereo because you I, see him, you 100%. see him in the film, yeah. and he looks threatening as fuck. Right. This then, is the like scary black man trope. Yeah. But they they flip it like a bunch of different ways. And in, in one way in particular that you don't realize is that okay, so that actor, his name is Arthur Burghardt. And uh he, he was a vegetarian. So he wasn't eating that chicken. Before they shot the scene where he was told to eat the chicken leg, he stuffed his cheeks with paper towels and smeared grease on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Brilliant. I, just, I, love I, I it. never yeah. knew that. And I like when I found that out, I was like, oh. and so you know this guy too. Like you, if you're alive today and you have ever watched like a cartoon or like he, he played Thanatos in the uh, God of War, uh, Ghost of Sparta voiceover. Um, if you played World of Warcraft, he was Manoroth. He was uh, the voice of Venom in the Ultimate Spider-Man video game from, you know, a couple of gens Hell back. Yeah. 
he was this character Pete in a bunch of Disney games and like stuff. Um, it just said Pete in the IMDb. I'm like, I don't know if it's Pete the Dragon. Um, no idea. He said, yeah. but uh, the bigger ones that you're definitely going to know is he was the voice of Devastator in Transformers the movie and the whole series. <laughs> and he was also the voice of Destro. So the voice of Destro, uh, that you know, is this dude. Um, he did also like just a shitload of other animated series as well as appearances on soap operas like One Life to Live and like sitcoms. He was on like 227 and stuff. Like this dude had a hell of a he's like 74, still around. This dude and, got work. Like keep voice I, acting, yeah. act voice actor, extra, maybe a little side character. Like, dude got work. And he, like, and this wasn't even his first gig, but like, fuck, man. Like, oh, oh. I would have, I would have, I would go back in time. I would let me be an infant in one of those scenes, just like, <laughs> one, like a few months old, you know, whatever. Throw me in a gutter. Just have like Peter Finch step over me. Yeah. It'll be. Great. And this guy, <laughs> this guy, uh, this guy. Well, this Ahmed Khan, like the the actor, has such a good presence too, oh, like a good yeah, really presence. Stony, like it, it, yeah. he's, he's he is funny, like yeah. Again, like this. Oh god, this movie is so fucking deadpan. Like it's he's calm. Like it's weird. Like yes. Well, well. Anyway, so now uh, it's Diana's show. Now, okay. Yeah. Cue the announcer. Right. He goes, oh, ladies god, this and gentlemen. This is this is the right? moment. This is the moment it becomes a uh, Phil Dick novel. Like oh, this yeah. is the moment where you where it becomes a totally different movie, and you're like, what oh. am I watching? And this is one of the only times you hear music in the fucking film. Yeah. yeah. This, this like, like this fucking just loud. Well, it's, it's just a fan show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a game show. Like sound. Fully you know done. I mean? Like they made a game show for this movie. Like <laughs> well, set. Every, yeah. Down no, to the no, sets. No, down to the rotating stages. Guys. This is televangelism. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's because... 700 club meets like uh, the $20,000 question. Like <laughs> fucking. Yeah, God, what a cursed like it, fucking combination! Jesus Christ, this is insane. Yeah, this is an insane show that I would absolutely watch every fucking episode. Of. Like, <laughs> this is this is like we're talking Gary Busey like pet judge. Yeah, of, I, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like this is the moment the pink laser from Valis is hitting your brain and putting yeah. this show into your head, and you're like, "What yeah. am I fucking watching?" Like this is where like reality <laughs> just goes like re- weirdly enough. No, that's not true because we're like we're we're still grounded very much in reality. It's just you're like what the fuck. <laughs> it it kicks into a passing gear at this yes. point. Yeah. Like you didn't know it had seventh, and it just like uh oh. And so they cue this announcer, and he's like, "Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it. How do you feel?" And the crowd all at once says. We're mad as hell, and we're not gonna take this anymore. <laughs> Howard, can... Howard is such a perfect epitomization of how media just wraps up counterculture and packages it. Oh, well, that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying here, right here in this moment. This is contrasted with like the people yelling out of their windows. Yeah. Like this is rehearsed louder, but empty. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is call response you that's all you have to do that's your only interaction you don't actually have to throw your body uh on the gears to stop the machinery of society yep, you can yep. just do this and you know, this counts for something you can fucking feel good about yeah so and then the announcer's like ladies and gentlemen the network news hour with sybil the soothsayer jim webbing and his it's the ms truth department i don't know what the fuck that i means. don't know what that is yeah 
Miss Matahari and her skeletons in the closet, and this is white lady, which yeah. is like so fucking on brand. In uh, yep. anyway, plus tonight, another segment of Vox Populi and starring the mad prophet of the airways, Howard Beale. Right? So, I forgot to mention last ep that Sybil was an extremely popular book about a woman who suffered from multiple personality disorder, it came out in 1973. So like I'm bored in 75 and I remember growing up knowing that name. It was kind of a thing people threw at each other. Like, Oh man, don't go Sybil on me. <laughs> and I finally, like my cool aunt told me what that meant. And I was just like, Oh fuck. Cause she had the book. She read all that shit. Like when rabbit howls, all that shit. So it, it, it was a, it was like really common to hear this. Like even in the eighties, this was back when you didn't have a meme last three minutes. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, it's that boy. Oh shit. What up? Like you haven't thought about that in like three <laughs> yeah. or four years. You know what I mean? I just fucked your brain up. But like this thing would like a thing hit. The, it, it was a bestseller. It sold like 6 million copies. Yeah. So uh, the same year network was released, a TV movie came on uh, about it starring Sally Field and Joanne Woodward. Right. So Shirley Mason, the woman who was civil uh, was like kind of unusually attached to her psychiatrist like he went so far as to take meals with her at her place as well as pay her rent and provide clothing. Um, it doesn't sound professional. No, it gets weirder. So Mason eventually tried to set things straight. Like she wrote letters, like as part of her therapy and stuff like that. And she admitted to her therapist that she was lying, but he dismissed the okay. letters saying that she was just trying to avoid deeper therapy. <laughs> wow. Simultaneously, this woman, uh, last name Schreiber, I didn't write it out because she pisses me off too. She, who wrote the book, the original Sybil novel, probably knew this, but like she had a contract, she had a book to finish, she had a deadline, she's already doing speaking engagements about it. Yeah, she's already wrapped up in the monster. She's might as well get paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's fucked up. And, but like the public didn't know about all that stuff in 1976. This information I found out from an NPR article that came out in 2010. A woman had written a book about the real story behind this, and she had access to all these letters and stuff. And yeah. it was pretty fucking clear that like this woman was absolutely exploited. And it's, ter- mm. it's like frustrating. That movie needs to be made. Yeah. So, like the, the real story. So, so, that's what, so anyway, what's the connect? So, that, that's why they named Sybil the Soothsayer, just because it's like I mean, something that would like pop year? in your. Head, the first time Diana says the word, she's like Sybil, you know, like Sybil the soothsayer. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. that people knew what the fuck. That's why she paused. That was a name drop. And there's several of these throughout, you know, the movie. There's lots yeah. of things. You know, the six million dollar man comes up. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. Million, six million dollar woman, whatever. Like all of those. Like they, or the bionic woman. Bionic woman, right? Yeah, you can't uh, put a price on that. Um, <laughs> and Archie Bunker and All in the Family comes up a few times. Mm-hmm. And if you don't. If you don't know, um, Archie Bunker was this, like, All the Family is this amazing show. Rob Reiner was on it. Um, it, It's a hell of a cast. Carol O'Connor played Archie Bunker. And he wasn't, as a person, at all racist. Archie Bunker was racist as fuck. (laughs) And the show, a lot of the comedy was at the expense of Archie Bunker being a dipshit. That's what made the show very brilliant. You know, like, it taught me a lot about racism. Because, you know, his son, Meathead... Uh, Rob Reiner would always catch him in fucking bullshit because he was, you know, Rob Reiner played this like, hey, you know, like I'm like the son-in-law kind of thing. Right. And he would always come with like the righteousness. And it was really a good show. It was a good formula. And it was wildly popular. I think this is where like a lot of people start getting the delusion that like racism was ending in America. In spite of the fact that it was the 70s and we still haven't seen the Philadelphia police drop a bomb on a neighbor. Yeah. Uh, Oh, God. But 
Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go back to the show, right? The theme song, like we said, it's just fucking bombastic. And it's it's just like a game show, you know, with all this other variety show shit. It's like the worst thing you could imagine. Yeah, it's, it's pure television. It, yeah. Yeah. On distilled. Or a pure television for the 70s anyway. What? All right. How, what, what do you want to bet Cronenberg totally was like channeling this film? To oh, yes. <laughs> like all of this, like, yes. All of mm-hmm. it. All of yeah. it. Like, oh, for oh. sure. I remember he said he was inspired by a actual sleazy new state uh, station in Canada oh, because yeah, they're, yeah. The, way, the way they do their stations is obviously much different than a uh, little different than yeah. ours. Yeah. yeah. But I can imagine that like he was trying to channel like how much bullshit you like the bullshit basically. Cause that's what this is. Is it's just, oh, no, yeah. it's distilling. Like I don't, I couldn't tell you what Matahari and her skeletons in her closet are about. Maybe it's like the men she fucking murdered. I don't know, but yeah, it's like it, gossip. It's probably just gossip. It's probably just gossip, but probably, like yeah. it's, it's the idea of taking these like thing, these, semi-serious things and kind of distilling them down to their worst like cheapening well, this is, everything like that's really yeah, what it is just cheap yeah, it's it's they're not calling it the network news show they're calling it the howard beale show yeah and and it's kind of like the jack benny show where it's a variety show yeah. it's very much that thing but repackaged it's that reinventing the wheel mm-hmm. yeah. and well, now I mean, it's gotta... it's the news guy who's being recognized as still the news guy they're carrying that currency over to this show but he is now this well they're just exploiting his mental illness at this yeah point. yeah they're exploiting his mental illness but they're passing him off to be some something greater than he is mm-hmm. um so well, he's you know he's, like he's, a real force of change mm-hmm. uh that you'll see through the commodified media. Yeah. yeah, you could just and watch it and feel good. Like you don't have he, to actually do it. Howard actually serves a really interesting role, I think, because he's both he is both the face of the counterculture in this movie, but he's also like the chorus in that he explains mm. everything that goes on through the show. Like he's right. he's telling you everything that's yeah, like all the, the this terrible isn't shit that can happen. There's no sleight of hand in this film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just there's this like crushing inevitability and you're not exactly sure how it's going to break. Well, it's the thing, you know? too, and is like he's never wrong. Like he's no. correct in everything he says. The problem is, is he's telling it on fucking television. And yeah. it, it, the, what he's saying isn't fucking getting through. Well, isn't that I mean, that's that's the whole point of this next segment, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, 100 percent. So, he, he, I mean, he comes out onto the stage and he goes, you know, Edward George Ruddy died today. He was the president. Hand, oh, yeah, that's, Edward George Ruddy died today. And like, and he has his hands up like he's like, um, like, yeah, like, really like, like a televangelist. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. Whoa, is us. It's very, mm-hmm. he almost has that extra syllable like, you know, Jesus. Almost. He almost, almost has yeah. that. Almost. No, he's right at the edge of it. And like. And this is also where you find out that uh, Ed, Ed Ruddy died. Uh, yeah. It's yep. like. Because and it, and we we all know what that means. Like the first time, first time right? I watched this, yeah, I I had no idea. Oh, you're not going like, to get it. Well, yeah, <laughs> first or second time, like it just seems like he's shouting gibberish on the stage. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. and you don't actually. I didn't realize that uh, that Ed Ruddy died until later. Yeah, um, right. Like when they like show the, the news clipping. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. right. In the news clipping with a that article's written. That's incredible. Like, I actually paused it because I was like going through the dialogue and like, you know, jotting notes down and stuff. And I happened to look up and I was like, this is a motherfucking whole article. Like, yeah, that's a prop <laughs> someone made. That's like right justification, mm-hmm. like not great kerning, excellent justification. <laughs> like, I'm like, and it's words. It's not like Ipsum, Lorem, Dolem shit. Like, it's like fucking this movie. 
dude. Yep. Anyway, so so we all know, we we know that, that like Frank has control now. Yeah, and that's why he's like, "Woe is us," right? He he goes, "So a rich little man with white hair died. What does that got to do with the price of rice, right? And why is that woe to us? Because you people and sixty-two million other Americans are listening to me right now." Because less than 3% of you people read books. Because less than 15% of you read newspapers. The way he says, uh, because less than 3% of you read books. It's just the way it's just, oh, man. It's a scolding teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's, you know, oh, well, yeah. This is the worst school rally you've ever been to. You know, like... like He's like, because the truth you know is... uh, what you only what you know uh, the only truth you know is what you get through this too you know yeah he's like right now there is a whole entire generation that never knew anything that didn't come out of this tube this tube is the gospel so there's your chronoper yeah the ultimate revelation the the word made flesh or the what the video made flesh or whatever yeah the video yeah. made flesh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so th- this tube can make or break presidents popes prime ministers this tube is the most awesome goddamn force in the whole godless world and woe is us if it ever falls into the hands of the wrong people. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Just go ahead, yeah. pause, pause the podcast, walk it off. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he links this to Ruddy's death and how it puts like UBS under the direct purview of CCA, you know, the Communication Corporation of America, with Frank Hackett is the new chairman of the board, right? Yeah. And, it, and then he gets, he has this great line. He's like, and when the 12th largest company in the world controls the most awesome goddamn propaganda force in the whole godless world, who knows what shit will be peddled for truth on this network. <laughs> God, oh, man. Oh, and it's, man. It's, oh, God. Now, yeah. So, yeah. This is the, the countdown, right? He's like, he goes on. He's like, television is not the truth. Television's a goddamn amusement park. Television is a circus, a carnival, a traveling troupe of acrobats, storytellers, dancers, singers, jugglers, sideshow freaks, line tamers, and football players. We're in the boredom killing business. It's oh, just kind of reminds me of uh, of like Hackett earlier when he's like. Oh. Yeah, yeah. What, is, what does he say? We're a whorehouse station. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. yeah he, he's he's like, we're we're not a television network. We're a whorehouse. Yeah. You know, he, he's this is just it's a mechanism by which to uh, swap product for currency, basically. Yes. You know, just it's not, the amount of times that you see like between him and uh, Diane, like the way mm-hmm. their eyes light up when they are faced with the prospect of having more money, more resources. Oh yeah, and it's, then they're they're always outreaching it. Yeah, because and like they, you know, if they we always at least want get more. this, then we have room for that. You know, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, so he he goes on this like other the rest of his tirades. He's, he's basically like he's if if you want truth, go to God, go to your gurus, go to yourselves, because that's the only place you're ever going to find real truth. But you're never going to get any truth from us. We'll tell you anything you want to hear. We lie like hell. We'll tell you that Kojak always gets the killer and nobody ever gets cancer in Archie Bunker's house. And no matter how much trouble the hero is in, don't worry. Just look at your watch. At the end of the hour, he's going to win. We'll tell you any shit you want to hear. And the way he says that, he like each word has its own, you know, island. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's a bullet. Uh, yeah. And he's like, we deal in illusions, man. None of it's true. But you people sit there day after day, night after night, all ages, colors, creeds. We're all you know. You're beginning to believe the illusions we're spinning here. You're beginning to think the tube is reality and your own lives are unreal. You do whatever the tube tells you. You dress like the tube. You eat like a tube. 
raise your children like a tube. You even think like a tube. This is mass madness, you maniacs. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. And then he tells everybody to turn off the television sets, right? Turn them off. And well, leave I, I want to, I want to, uh, that, that, uh, line, what does he yeah. say? The, believing that the thing on the TV is more real than reality. That remi mm. reminds me of, uh, did you guys see, uh, Bo Burnham's Inside? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Is that line he has where he's like, I think I'm realizing that, uh, that only the internet is real and <laughs> everything else around it exists to be made into content for the internet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh god! And that's just that's just you know the 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 thoughts of a man who's been inside for a good six months. Um, oh yeah, no. you know, mm -hmm. self-quarantine. Resonated strongly with me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that uh, one oh, yeah. woman on Instagram was the other one that really made me laugh my ass off. You know, it's it not like, like we're doing that or anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, we, yeah, we have to, you know, prove that we were here, I guess. I yeah, mean, we, we, content guys. we exist. Yeah. Don't worry. We have to, <laughs> we're going to leave a stain we're on the real, right? society. That's all. We yeah. Can, yeah. Yeah. But but so he's telling everybody to shut off their TVs in the middle of the sentence. You know, he's like, do it now, do it now. And, you know, the music, like, he, he faints. And then the music comes up and the camera pushes in, right? And, and he's just, just fucking laying, just crumpled on the ground. Yeah. And they're playing the fanfare. And every he's... The crowd's telling, going nuts. Yeah, he's telling everybody to, like, yeah. And, like, he's telling everybody to turn off their televisions. But, of course, they don't. Of you course know, they don't. Of course the no cameras are like still pointing because that's uh well it's that bro, really it's, outlines the paradox of yeah. counterculture in America. Hundred percent. Yeah. Because what's well, it's, it's like one thing to get folks to scream out a window, but it's yeah. like another thing to get them to stop the feed. Yeah. You know what everybody, I mean? Nobody's everybody get up the like feed. we all know that you know social media is just another way for everybody to vent their anger. Um, oh yeah. But it it doesn't do shit. It's just making everything worse, honestly. Um, or you just I mean, get worked up over the wrong thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, can't say social media well, didn't cause January sixth, but <laughs> the point is, yeah. is, like, yeah, it it's it's a way to feel good, but like not do anything because he's literally yeah. telling the telling the television station to go fuck off. He's telling you to turn yeah. it off and fuck off. And go but to just, them, that's just that's just a unit of content. Yeah, it doesn't mm -hmm. yeah. they don't see it as anything but engagement. Yep. Like this is the genius of Diana's character is that she prefigured what fucking goes on in social media today by like forty goddamn six years. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's it's terrifying how yeah. goddamn this oh so much shit this thing got. Anyway, but like so, Frank is on his bullshit about network revenue, right? He's talking about how CCA's new acquisition will be profitable a year ahead of schedule, right? Camera pans across this long table with these like little green like poker lamps. Yeah, it's and, a it's a boardroom. It's like dark. It's a boardroom. Little weird green poker lamps you don't really see anymore in offices, and it's like yeah. this is like. This is, these are the top, right? Like they're all like white bearded, yeah. bespeckled old men. This is a four thousand pound table. You know yes. what I mean? Like it's, it's just <laughs> yeah. saw. It's a, basically they murdered a tree and just chilled the part out of it. And yes. like the camera, like slowly pans across all these dudes who look exactly the fucking same until they stop on Mister Jansen's. The first time you see him, it's at Ned Beatty. Um, we'll get to him. 
Yeah. Uh, but like earlier, right? Like, so when Frank was like laying into Max before Reddy died, he like fired off this one particularly self-congratulatory line where like after he got his way, Mr. Jensen wouldn't dare fire him and would in fact say, very good, Frank, keep it up. So like in this meeting after, you know, Frank finishes his whole spiel about projected earnings and all that, he asked Mr. Jensen if he has any questions. And Jensen replies, very good, Frank, exemplary, keep it up. God damn it. It's such, it's so fucking brutal. Like, And Frank is just beaming, you know, and it is much as that lizard fuck can. (laughs) So here here we get the, we get this headline about Ruddy's death, which actually stays up for a couple ticks. You know, read it. That's the thing. You're right. Like they made it real words. So like you could read this thing. And there's like another article on the page. I didn't write any notes about that because it was just like I was like, I should just mention this because it's a fun little. Yeah. Not like Easter egg. It's like added value, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we have this shot, like it's outside of the funeral service for Reddy. Um, I've missed this scene maybe 10 times before I realized what it was, because it just looks like a shot of New York, maybe people coming out of a restaurant. I don't know what the fuck was yeah. happening. It just, I, you know, because you're blown away by what happens before you miss things. It's kind of like yeah. a good comedian where like you're laughing and you miss the next two jokes because you're still recovering from that one. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, so like, you know, Diana's like standing on a, like on the street. Like, you could tell she's not on the corner. She's, like, trying to hail a cab and shit. Max is, like, kind of walking up behind her. They both have just left the funeral. And Max kind of startles her. He's like, hey, buy you a cup of coffee? And Diane's like, hell yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. So th- yeah. they're catching up, right? Max is like, all my friends seem to be dying or having grandchildren. And then she mentions that, like, Max ought to be a grandfather soon because his daughter's pregnant. And Max says, yes, any day now. In fact, Louise is in Seattle for that very reason. And then Max just breaks. He's like, I wanted to call you. You know, like, well, this is like yeah. <laughs> I wanted you so bad. And, and she's like, oh, I wish you had. You know, I'm making it cheesier than it is. But like, it's, well, it's, it's very it's much. It's plenty fucking cheesy. cheesy. It's this plain. whole thing. This it's whole che- thing is yeah. cheesy. It is. But it is. it's on purpose. Well, because she she goes and she does that whole cheesy, like, oh, well, I was talking to Sybil the Soothsayer. And I was like, hey, you yeah. fucked up. You said I was going to be involved with this guy. And she's like, you might still be. And so. Yeah, she this is funny, too. This is a thing that always stood out for me, but I never realized it. Um, she refers to their one hookup as a one mini splendored night. So like William Holden, Max, all right, the actor, he was in a movie in 1955 called Love is a Many Splendored Thing, which won two Oscars and cast a white lady as a widowed physician from mainland China. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> 1955. Anyway, so um, she's saying you know, all that shit about Sybil, right? So. Yeah, well, you know, Max is crazy for a net low-key middle-aged way where he can, like, see his own mortality and everything around him, yeah. like, has been destroyed. So, like, why not fucking spiral out completely, right? So, yeah, you see Diana packing for a trip, but it's at her office, and it's not, like, the only thing she's packing into the suitcase is stacks of reports and various other papers while she conducts business on the phone. Yeah. Like, that's what she's bringing on this little uh-huh. fucking getaway? Not anyway, clothes, so she, not, like, any, really anything. No, just, like, her work. Literally work i had to ask myself does she have an apartment because like does that work like we're when we saw her with arthur before she like you know kicked him to the curb was that her place or his place like there was like i never knew because it doesn't matter because she's always looking at a fucking tv yeah and when you see her in her apartment later when max is living with her the tv's in a different position if it's like so i'm I'm, i didn't know if she had a place (laughs) you know like at this point i was just like gosh she literally just they've given no evidence that she does anything but like shower in gas stations and fucking come to work i would be surprised like she doesn't maybe she's not even real she's microdosing meth 
So she leaves the office, right? She tells everybody she's basically going to be like unreachable till Monday. Like if they have any questions, fuck off. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm taking days, you know, go, go to hell. So Max is in a car. And this begins one of the greatest destructions of romance I've ever fucking seen yep. in my life. It's pretty yeah. Yeah. This is so great and <laughs> fucking, you can't stop. Once you see what's happening, as it develops, you're just like, there's no way this is going to keep it. And you're like, no. <laughs> It's, one of, it's like one of those job jokes that goes on too long, you know, and it just it's hilarious oh, yeah, because it's yeah. now just elevated into the absurd. Now you're just like, yeah, sure, whatever. It's you know, so like, long. Fuck. This scene is like <laughs> is so agonizing long. because it feels god. like it takes forever. And it's basically it's like a monologue. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. It's a monologue. So like we go to this beautiful <laughs> beach and we can In, just like six different oh, yeah. locations. Yeah. yeah. No, oh, it's a god. montage. It's like it's a romance montage from the 70s. <laughs> you've seen you've seen this. I guarantee you've seen a hundred times something like times. this. You've seen uh, this in Karate Kid. You've seen this. It's like. You've seen walks on the beach in movies ever in your life. You've seen this. And like, so this is what we got to start at the beginning because I got to break this down bit by bit because it's fucking great. Max is in the car waiting for her outside the whatever the offices and shit. So Diana gets in and kisses him. And while in the middle of the kiss, she starts going on about how NBC is offering X amount of dollars for James Bond movies instead of even like, hi, how are you? You know, like. <laughs> so you cut to them walking romantically on the beach. Diana's talking about putting the Mouncy Tongue Hour in at the 8 p.m. slot because they're having trouble selling <laughs> the Mouncy Tongue Hour instead of like holding hands and enjoying the company. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And the way and the way she delivers this, these lines too, like, yeah, it should be mentioned. Like, if you she's the first excited. time the first time I didn't I watched this, I I didn't even notice that she wasn't talking. Like, they weren't actually having a conversation. Um, this is me explaining Gundam to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's God, it's just you're it's so, such an interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're so excited, and, and she just doesn't. Say, that's what this is because she she has no fucking frame of reference or interest whatsoever. And I know this. Yeah, I know this, and yeah. I love her. Yeah. But it's just like <laughs> because the way she's talking in this is seen she is so excited and it's obvious right. that like yeah. she's having emotions oh, yeah. it's just not emotions for this beautiful things that are happening around her it's all about tv yeah so we, you know we, because that's what because dinner. that's what gets her off the dinner is so we go, to, we go to dinner <laughs> she's got her elbows on the table and she's like holding his hand in both of hers and she starts going on again about how that Mao Tong hour is just turning into a pain in the ass. What with all the heavy legal problems with the federal government, like two FBI guys showing up in Hackett's office with subpoenas instead of like, you know, sipping wine and eating a fucking appetizer. Yeah, she's eating also while doing this. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, no, no, she, she doesn't. She doesn't do anything. Doesn't she, she just says this shit. She's staring him right in the fucking eyes the whole time. Yeah, they're romantic. It's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like romantically staring in each other's eyes, but she just keeps talking about work. And he doesn't say anything right. also. Like, he's totally, no, he's no. just listening to her. And like, he's smiling. He's loving being he's around her. But she's he's just in it. Yeah, he's there. And then, like, Diana, Diana mentions that Frank told the FBI to fuck off. And now, like, we're leaving the restaurant, right? And she's going on about how they're sidestepping the FBI by collaborating with the news division to weaponize the First Amendment, basically. Freedom <laughs> of the press and the right to protect their sources instead oh, of, gee. like, walking to wow. their room and talking about how well-prepared and delicious their meal was. You know, like, they're just... <laughs> uh, they enter the rented bungalow, right? They're kissing passionately as if they're about to have sex, but she's still going on about how even though they can avoid the subpoenas, they're not going to take the show to series because they could get a hit with conspiracy 
with an inducement to commit crime while she undresses, <laughs> right? She only pauses to comment on how cold the room is and adjust the thermostat because she's a fucking lizard. Um, <laughs> still undressing. She mentions that they're paying these ecumenical liberation army nuts $10,000 a week in order to turn in authentic film of their revolutionary activities. And that's the inducement part, right? So like that'll get them thrown in prison. And she's all for letting the government sue them as she gets in the bed under the covers, you know, with them. She's still talking about this. She's like, she'll take him to the Supreme court and they'll be on the front page. And now Max is on top. Right. And like, she's still He's going not saying on saying anything. Like, he hasn't said I, a fucking I, word. Know, nothing. Yeah. I don't know how any. So this, this is, is some great acting. We we find out. Well, this is. Oh yeah. Anyways, continue. Yeah. yeah. No, no. This is just. Not, this, yeah, is, this is the best part. Oh, okay, okay. So she, he's on top, right? And, and then she's still going on and on about this like Supreme Court shit. And then she rolls him over after like fucking five seconds. And then she she gets on top and like she's talking a whole while about how they'll be on the front page for months. And she like mounts him while talking about being even bigger than Watergate. And then she rides him talking about how she needs six weeks of federal litigation. So the Mao Zedong hour can carry its own time slot. And then after all that, then she orgasms. (laughs) (laughs) But you guys, the afterglow, she's snuggling him, right? And she's still like, she's like, she's it's in the afterglow, but it's only her afterglow. Max just like barely got this hard. Didn't take long, just, yes. No, it's like it's like seconds. And she whispers like that. What's really bugging her now is her daytime programming. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's like in the afterglow of this orgasm. She's like, oh, you know, she's she's up against NBC's game shows, and she's thinking about doing a homosexual soap opera called The Dykes, the heartrending saga about a woman hopelessly in love with Jesus. her husband's mistress. And then she finally asks Max, what do you think? And then they just cut. (laughs) But here's the thing. She called this out at the first time they had dinner. She said, I have a masculine temperament. I arouse. She said said, uh, most of her, uh, well, like her partners tend to think that she's the bad lay, the worst lay of her life. Yeah. She's okay with it. This is, I mean, and this is why we, we, we have like, seen exactly why she is a terrible lay oh yeah i I would hate it's it's one of the greatest scenes i've ever seen yeah like this this whole sequence is just oh my god is it funny (laughs) and you're laughing at the end of it yeah yeah, yeah, you're laughing you're in this like fucking ha 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 kind of moment if you've noticed it in in which case the first time that i saw it you know i i didn't notice until the very end and i was like wait a second yeah fucking talking about her tv programs the whole time the whole time time. time. yeah like, you're not, you're you not a bad lay because you know it's fast. You're a bad lay because oh my god, you're not emotionally you're not attached there. to any of this. Yeah, you're not there. Yeah. So you're laughing at this point because this was just absurd and hilarious. It's just great comedy. And you cut to Louise and she knows and hooey. This is how you win an Oscar with like four minutes of on-screen time. Because yeah. like she only had about 30 seconds or so before where she tells him, hey, Max is left, you know, Max left like way back. Or I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, this is uh, Max's wife. This yeah. is Max's wife, Louise. Um, uh, Beatrice uh, Strait. Um, she won an Oscar for this, I'm sure. There's no transcribing this. I'm not reading this speech. Like, just watch this fucking movie. Because yeah. this is this whole performance is like brilliantly withering, right? Like Max basically admits he's a piece of shit. But it does not come close to eclipsing the pain and disappointment in the face. No, just like, reading it wouldn't 
give this justice no. because this is probably some of the best acting you're going to see. Like, there's a reason she won't got an award for this. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's incredible. Well, it hurts. It's, yeah. it's I don't know. It's real. It, it well, that's I don't know. It it feels a bit staged to me. Oh, yeah. But maybe sure. that's that's the point. You know. Yeah. Um, in a way, this whole thing is because. Heightened. And this yeah. is operating at that level. Uh-huh. Like that's why it feels smooth, like the whole way through. But yeah, well, she's given this monologue when she hasn't had but one line in this movie for like an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, that's and why it feels really powerful because so far that, she's yeah. just been a like a side character, not even because she, like she only mm-hmm. had a few lines before this. You only see her like yeah. flashes and moments. Mm-hmm. And now she's yeah. just they don't they don't bring thing. a character into this. Like even that stuff with uh with Ruddy. Uh, <laughs> You know, I mean, they just wrote him off uh, or wrote mm-hmm. him out of the off screen. He dies off camera. Yeah, he yeah. Which is like uh, a, That's like a sin. You know what I mean? Didn't, you didn't even like know. So you don't even know who Ruddy is until the. He's uh, dead. See, well, no, no. Until you, the only one left is Nelson. No, you know, you know who Ruddy is, but you don't know who he is before Max goes to the boardroom mm-hmm. and finds out that Ruddy stabbed him in the back. Yeah. I mean, right. there's so, probably a reason for that. Like you don't really have to know who this dude yeah, is. Yeah. You don't have to know. I'm just saying this is smart mm-hmm. storytelling. Yeah. Really right? Don't, don't, oh, waste, yeah, 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 yeah. don't waste time on, you know, on a character. You don't have to sit there while you don't have is, to uh... see, you don't have to see the character in order for there to be a character, I guess. No, you uh, just have case. to have a presence in the moment. Yes. Which yes. this is like it. This is like yeah. etched in my brain, you know? Yeah. And, and Max, and, you know, this whole bit, he really comes off like a weak, listless piece of shit. Because <laughs> he yeah. is. Like even, he, like, even though he owns it, you know, he's failed at the one stable fucking thing he had left. Like his show's yeah. gone. His friend is crazy. You know, he's got this, he's been found out. He's been fucking around with this, you know, predator of a, like a woman that's absolutely had her way with him. Yeah, and yeah. stole his show and every like everything about this guy. He's just you just watch him get peeled away the entire time, and it's kind of hard to feel bad for him. Yeah, I didn't. You like, know, it's it. I really didn't because he knew what he was getting into. Yeah, like it's, it's just a person yeah. who literally fucked your life over, and yet you're like, God, I've been thinking about you so much. I'm like, there's a little sadomasochism going on for sure. Yeah. Like, and there, there's this uh, there's this moment where like Louise asks if he loves you know Diana, and he says he doesn't know. And when he says, I'm grateful I can feel anything, like Louise reacts like she's been like shot. Like, yeah, you, that one pulls your heart out of your chest. That's so, it's such a great fucking moment. And then Max says, like, he's obsessed with Diana. So Louise is just done with this bullshit. She says, just say it. You know, like, don't keep telling me you're obsessed, you're fashionate. Just say you're in love with her. And then he's like a dipshit. He says, I'm in love with her. No, you're not. So then she, yeah. so then she no, kicks his not. ass out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah fuck yeah she's right yeah she she lays out their whole 25 year marriage and says you know she'll be damned she's gonna listen to him say he loves somebody else yeah so beatrice straight people telling you um (laughs) so she's destroyed by this but she won't she's she's like i won't give up on you you know she suggests that he definitely move out though yeah. <laughs> I really like that. So yeah. uh Louise asks if uh you know she loves him and, and Max isn't sure like if she's capable of any real feelings. Max is aware of the futility of all of this, right? He he tells like Louise that like Dan's got all sorts of scenarios worked out because she was raised on TV. My God, yeah. it occurs to Max, look at us, Louise. Here we are going through the obligatory middle of act two scored wife throws peckin' husband out scene. It. And are like it's exactly it's exactly what it is. Yep. It's a yep, yep. Oh. it's so good. He knows it, that this is it, all like cursed and evil, basically. You know, this, 
this is <sighs> when it kind of uh, connected in my head. You know that that scene early on when uh, Diane is having all those TV shows pitched to her, and they all sound exactly yeah. the same. Yes, it's like yes. oh, they're talking about uh, Max and Diane. You know the right. what was it? The crusty but benign. And yes. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> always some young female, well, young uh, feminist woman. Or a feministic mm. woman, I suppose. And some sort of some sort some of combination uh, of stereotypes. Caricatures. Yeah, essentially. Um Oh, and, lady lawyers, we already have that, you know. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, so, and so it uh, this movie just like lampshades itself, essentially. It it's uh, it's, it's like there's no fourth wall breaking necessarily. No one's looking yeah. at you no. and saying this, but this is meta as fuck. It is like, meta as fuck. There's a lot going on here that I didn't. I, I honestly, God, didn't catch. Like the first time I saw it, I was just blown away by the performances and the you know the monologues. By the time I got to like my fifth or sixth time, I was just like, "This is perfect." Like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. There's every moment of this, moment to moment. Like what? Well, even in this bit here, like his next bit, he goes like, "But don't worry, I'll come back to you in the end." All of her plot lines have me leaving her and coming back to you because the audience won't buy a rejection of the happy American family. Oh, God, that's like... She does have one script in which I kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) An adapted for television version of Anna Karenina where I'm... Where she's Count Vronsky and I'm Anna. And this causes Louise to actually, like, legit laugh. It's such a real moment. It's so good. Yeah. And then Louise looks at him and she's like, you're in for some dreadful grief, Max. And Max says, I know. God, that's the one that that's the one that got me where it's like, he, even he knows he's, he's fucked up. He knows he's what fucking he's up. up. Like, this is a bad yeah. idea, but you're still going to do it because I guess that's what you think ends, sp- I guess. it's what you're supposed yeah. to do. But like, it, yeah. it, it's just it's just so sad. It's it's really sad to like have a character or anybody just like knowingly just lead themselves into self-destruction, you know? Like, oh, yeah. And, I don't know. So, like, uh, we get the narrator come back, and he's like, the Mount Say Tongue Hour went on to air March 14th. It received a 47 share. And then, like, you know, the network then signed on for, like, a series, but there were some contractual difficulties. So now we cut to the basement again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ah, I love this scene. The ELA is meeting with Lorene Hobbs and her lawyers, arguing about percentages with, like, network lawyers and, like, the ELA's lawyers. Like, everybody's got their own people in this fucking... They're talking about shares of percentages. They're talking about... Yeah, they're all talking over one another, and they're all talking about shares and percentages with a bunch of communist terrorists. Yeah. And the uh, and the heiress is standing on the steps with her like fucking like uh, little like submachine like gun. Like an MP40 or something. Yeah, like a machine gun. Yeah, <laughs> it's a line. But anyway, so they're they're going back and forth, and this is where you actually get like a uh, oh boy, uh, Lance Hendrickson gets some lines here, and it's all just this is one of the funniest scenes where I don't understand a single fucking word of what's being discussed. <laughs> like it's it's meant that way. Like if you know business, there's something there. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, they're arguing right, over me, like shares of like how, who's going to get how much money for like stock and like distribution, distribution costs, rights. And again, th- and it's extra funny to me. Yeah, it's extra funny <laughs> because we're talking about all this shit with communist terrorists. Yeah, and they're all into and it. anarchists. Yeah, yes. and they're all into it because this is how it, this is how the fucking system corrupts everything it touches. Because yeah. Harris is literally just barging in, and pissed with her machine gun, saying, "How dare you! You're giving us this shares are shorty. Yeah. Like you're you're yeah. shorting us." Like, no, right she, back she, she screams. She screams, "You fucking fascist!" And then <laughs> she marches <laughs> over. Her, then she makes a <laughs> capitalist point. <Yes. laughs> 
And all of this spirals out of control until the great Ahmed Khan fires a pistol. <laughs> and he just tells people to give Lorene what she wants. Like, he then says... 3%, like he shoots into the ceiling. <laughs> he shoots it into the ceiling. He's like, yeah, just give her, give her 3.5%, whatever. And he's like, and then the great Ahmed Khan... He's sitting down, too, by the way. He mm-hmm. calms down yeah. and he goes... Let's get back to page 22. Five, small a, subsidiary. <laughs> <laughs> and the negotiations just continue. And then they just like cut back to UPS. But like, or UBS. That whole fucking sequence is like maybe it's 50 my, seconds or favorite, something man. like that. It's beautiful. Oh, it's it's, a it's such a perfect, like every scene with Maureen is a perfect illustration as to why communism kind of just fell apart. Well, like, uh, in America, yeah, a, like it kind of it's or socialism, like it all fucking falls apart yeah, when like, when you enter into what, the capitalist system, it just gets all screwed. Well, well, we'll get back. Explain we'll get it. it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he said that you know the reason why like communism or socialism or whatever like never really took off in America is because everybody sees themselves as temporarily inconvenienced to millionaires. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like. Eh, er, yeah, yeah, so yeah, suddenly right. money gets involved, and they're all literally calling each other fascists, but also making yeah, like capitalist points, yeah. like you said. Right. And it's just god yeah. damn it. So we cut to the, this UBS affiliates meeting, right? Nelson's on stage hyping up Diana. He's just really this is an intro for the ages, right? So she gets a standing ovation before she even stands up, before she even gets to the podium, right? And once there, there's just she's got her arms up. She's like beaming. She's in the spotlight. Like this is the like this is the highest moment that she has. You know what I mean? Like she's bragging about how they have the best show on television and next year they have the top five and she gets everybody chanting we're number one and next to her seated is Frank Hackett. and He's beaming also because all this shit's working out for him. Oh yeah. Right up until this dude taps him on the shoulder and whispers in his ear about someone's on the phone for him. So so it's like shareholders chanting and shit. Like it's a weird weird thing to see. Oh yeah. No, I mean I believe it. It, it, it happened, I, it sure, but me. it's still weird. <laughs> I've seen I've seen footage of like those like Amway meetings and shit. Like, uh, yeah. Past, oh like, yeah, uh, God, that does channel that. Yeah. So yeah. since they're on the West Coast, the Howard Beale show is only now being broadcast. Okay, it was on the East Coast like, like three hours earlier. Mm-hmm. So there, there's these people working at the bar outside this like bank. There's like these like uh, glass doors. And they're not really, you know, they're like wooden doors with glass panes that run like the length of this wall. And on the other side is the shareholders meeting. And on this side, that's the bar, yeah. the, like the social area yeah. and the bartenders and everybody near the bar crowd around and they're watching it at volume, you know, not loud, but loud. So Howard is going on about how companies are acquired about how CCA absorbed UBS, but now somebody is buying up CCA and this gets fucking nuts. Yeah. The Western World Funding Corporation is a consortium of banks and insurance companies who are not buying CCA for themselves, but as agents for somebody else. And they know all this because they filed this shit with like the SEC. Um, and who is this somebody else? They won't tell you. So then Frank walks into the room and he gets on the phone and he asks the bartender to turn down the TV. This is so brilliant. Hey. So as the volume is lowered, you pay attention more. Mm-hmm. And Howard says, I'll tell you who they're buying it for. And even quieter now as the volume goes a little lower. He's like, they're buying it for the Saudi Arabian Investment Corporation. They're buying it for the Arabs. Now, as racist as this is and sounds, the energy crisis was about a year away when this came out. So all of this stuff with OPEC was like starting to shape up and great suspicion to the Middle East was, you know, being had. This was a very common sentiment. Um. 
because eventually there were lines to get gas. Yeah. And we're, you know, mile long. People were running out of gas, pushing their cars, yeah. you know, and this was in the days where like you still get leaded gas, which to my palate smelled the best. Um, <laughs> I can't remember a lot of it, but cost a lot of serial killers if I remember correctly. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, uh, the call does not start well and it gets worse. <laughs> like we can't hear the other person on the line. It was it's Clarence. Um, whoever that is, I don't even know what he looks like. Don't know. I, I, Never I just, meet him. Yeah, I don't oh, think you ever see him. Clarence is uh, well, what's the uh, uh, the uh, big boss? The uh, name of the uh, guy who runs uh, Arthur. That's CCA. Arthur. Yeah, yeah. I Arthur think it's Jensen. Okay, yeah, that might well, be his assistant or something. Yeah, but it's something somebody like, like only like all you're getting is Frank's response, and that response is of a guy trying to call somebody the fuck down. Yeah, that that three hour delay isn't benefiting it's, Frank at all right now. It's <laughs> wearing so a whatever, fucking tux again, by the way. Oh yeah, totally. Well, because he's at the shareholder. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So whatever happened, it happened three hours ago, and Clarence is freaking the fuck out, and Howard like just is continuing to screed about what like the Arabs own and control in the U.S. And Frank opposes. He just like puts down the phone. He approaches the TV, and he's just seething. Dude. He begins to just melt the fuck down. Yeah, like. It's a great moment. It, it just, you can just—it's it, like he saw the Ark of the Covenant. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's, it's so, it's a good moment just because you could. Yeah, you get to see this fucking asshole get mad, but it's also the very of his demise. Yes, and he's just—he can see. Yeah. It. He's afraid of oh, it. Like his man. career is fucking over. And we're, we're fucked. Like, oh. yeah, yeah. This next oh, scene is. So yeah, you cut to a studio, presumably close by, because they're all dressed the same. Frank, Diana, Nelson, this other dude are just sitting there. Um, watching the full broadcast and Howard is freaking out about selling out to the Arabs. You know, he mirrors the mad as hell speech. He does that. So I want you to get up now. I want you to get up out of your chairs the same way. Yeah. yeah. But now <laughs> he wants everyone to go to their phones and drive to Western union offices and te- send telegrams to the white house. Okay. So those of you youngsters telegrams were these little pieces of paper that you, that w- it wouldn't even mail. It's like, you'd be like, yeah. Doop, 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 and the thing would print out where you were going. It's like the pr- proto facts mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and you would have to say things like stop. It, it's like a text sentence. message, but it was really slow. And complicated and yes. expensive. Like you pay for each one, you know? Yeah. It's like so many cents a word or something. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, Frank now realizes that like the monster like Diane created basically is out of his control. Because he, he controlled Diana, but Diana controlled Howard. Yeah. Even though Diana never comes into contact with Howard at any point during this movie. No, never. Yeah. It's that fucks me up. It's not made clear whether she actually does or not. Like, because they're no, they never show them in the same room. She has no she she doesn't care. As long as the show's going on. She meets with Laureen more. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely get that vibe out of it more than anything else. Yeah. She's maybe just wants that content. Yeah. Yeah, She doesn't want to like taint, you know, the pool. Yeah. You know, you don't want to interact with the thing you're observing, as, as it were, you know. Yeah. So anyway, he gets the She's crowd. She's watching TV. It's good TV. Right. <laughs> she only ever sees him through a screen is the point. You yeah. Know what I mean? Like she has no well, need to see him. Well, she saw him, she saw him at the on on set, right? Or no. Nope, no. Never in the same room. Yeah. Always through a screen. Never mind. Yeah. So he gets the crowd to start chanting. I want the CCA deal. Stop now. And then Howard faints. The crowd goes wild. The camera pushes yeah. in on his motionless body. The theme song blares and the tape ends. Nobody and... uh, nobody stands up and goes to their phones. Nobody, nobody in the well, studio anyways. Well, Nelson asks everybody to get out of the room. And Frank 
Frank, he, he knows he knew about the deal with the, the Saudi holding company. Yeah. And he explains the CCA has two billion in loans with the Saudis and they hold every pledge we got. We need that Saudi money bad. Frank. And that's like nine point four billion dollars. And that's the thing. Yeah. When I heard this, it's it's not. All right. It, it's not too far. It's not far out to say that's like because we deal with this today in different ways, largely in real estate, but also the idea mm-hmm. that like, you know, um, Saudi Arabia does this a lot today where they can just own businesses or have a hand in some businesses because they don't particularly care what it is. They just want to make more an investment and they have yeah. enough money where they are some of the few investors on earth who can just throw stupid amounts of money on things and not care yeah. if it fails or not. So yeah, the I mean, age- shit. they're like one of the main, you know, whole, I can't remember who it is now. We're going to get into that in a later episode, spoiler or like hype or whatever, the foreshadowing, <laughs> talking about the history of Fox News. But like, yes. yes, Saudi's yeah. on a huge fucking chunk of that. Yes. And, um, well, you know, whatever business is business. Anyhow, Frank considers this show now to be a disaster and the end of him. And the funny thing is, is he's such a reactionary. Like Diana had the vision. She saw what this was, how to, like it would go through and everything else like that. Frank was against it. Then he saw the money and the numbers and he was for it. And now that it's ruining him, he's against it. He has no investment to this, like whatsoever. He just wants yeah. the numbers to go up. He's like, he wants, this is he, the guy that would just go. He's made it clear from farm. minute one. He's made it clear oh, yeah. from minute one that all he wants is for uh, UBS to be profitable. And what's and, crazy is like he's tilting at windmills here. Yeah. Like he's trying to make a news division profitable. Yeah. Good luck. But yeah. and you know it's already a news, news. it's already a news division that's you know sold out to a to some multimedia well multi well, they, industry conglomerate. Well, they are the, right. the, that's the problem is the fact that he's he is the conglomerate man and he expects yeah. every little part of the station to make money and that's an insane yeah. thing to think and that's the yeah. that's the problem of when you have like these big weird tentacle like uh, companies you know, that own everything and they expect everything to turn a profit because that's literally all they care about. But that's insane. To to break this down, um, UBS is Baby Shark. Yeah. Um, (laughs) CCA is Mama Shark. And (laughs) the Saudi holding firm is Daddy Shark. Except they're all cannibals. So, um... (laughs) So Clarence... uh, he, he he told Frank that like by 10 p.m. Um, the East Coast, uh, the White House was knee deep in telegrams. Nice. So Nelson Nelson asked if, and this is like this is as it's airing for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're already like, oh fuck, how am I? Do-? It's because they don't have cell phones. Like this is just, <laughs> yeah. You can't do storytelling like this these days. You know what I mean? Motherfuckers yeah. are getting texts yeah. and uh, notifications and all kinds of shit. So, Running in with dramatic news, saying, well, you know. yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, stop the presses. It's that kind of level of, you know, reaction time. Yeah. You know, even with teletype and stuff. Like, these guys are in a fucking banquet facility. It's somebody had to track them down, calling somebody to find out where they were at that time to send somebody to go talk to him. It wasn't, this is fucking nuts. The amount of energy that was put into getting him on the phone. So, like, Nelson asked if the government can stop the deal. But, like, according to Frank, that's not even a thing. They can hold it up. The SEC could hold it up for 20 years if they wanted to. I'm finished. You know, like, he's just. Frank thinks that, quote, any second that phone's going to ring and Clarence McElhenney is going to tell me Mr. Jensen wants me in his office tomorrow morning uh, so he can personally chop my head off. Yeah. Frank laments that just hours ago he was a golden boy and now he's a man without a corporation. And Diana's like, well, back to Beale. You're not going to pull him off the air, right? 
<laughs> you know what? Fuck him because he's literally doesn't even care about the corporation at this point. He just yeah. cares about like his own career. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that line though. Point. I'm a man without a corporation. Oh Jeff. god, yeah, that's that's man. the one where it's like I'm a. <laughs> he's such an asshole. Yeah. This, this whole second half is. These are the bones of the dystopia. Yeah. Like this this is the yeah, foundation yeah. of every dystopia like that ever existed. You know, and it's the but what's great about this film is that first hour of setup. Like yeah. it is it shows you every goddamn step of this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like how this would go, what the reasonings are. If you you gotta know your enemy. Here's a really good roadmap. You know, like fuck. Um, let's see, where are we at? Uh, da, 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 da. So uh Man without a corporation. Yeah, Frank says Mr. Jensen is, quote, unhappy with Howard Beale and wants him discontinued, which is an interesting turn of phrase. Diana says Jensen couldn't be stupid enough to pull their number one show out of out of peak. Frank says $2 billion isn't peak. That's the wrath of God, and the wrath of God wants Howard Beale fired. So Diane's like, what for? Every other network will grab him up. He'll be on the air for abc and then like frank is just not paying attention now he's just fantasizing impaling beale through the heart maybe take out a contract on yeah. him wow maybe yeah. maybe kill beale himself you know <laughs> so diana tries mounting protest but frank is just in this fucking murderous rage the phone rings it's clarence again frank turns from the phone after he like talks to him for a second he's like mr jensen wants to meet with howard beale personally he wants mr beale in his office at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning and now comes probably my favorite fucking scene in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I goddamn love this. It's a good I one. dream about yeah. this. Uh, Ned Beatty, like, learned this speech on the way to filming it. That's awesome. <laughs> no, really? It's it's so goddamn amazing. And he got, so, he got an Oscar for this? I think so. Yeah, he at least got a nomination. He always, yeah. he, he always, he, uh, there was this uh, piece of trivia about him where he was just like, yeah, never turned down work because, like, you could show up for one day of work. And get an Oscar nomination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's literally he was on yeah. set for one fucking day. Like they uh, they did the whole like boardroom meeting, and then they cleared everybody out, and they did this right right after that, and he fucking left. And Incredible. That was Man, and what a fucking pro! I love. I mean, video. I'm I'm surprised that nobody else got uh, nominated for the Oscar. Just these two bit parts. Oh no, uh, no, no, no! Yeah. Um, fucking uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, uh oh God, uh, Diana, uh, Faye Dunaway won. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. never and, mind. And, Peter, and Peter Finch won posthumously. It was the first posthumous right, uh, right, right, right. thing, like because uh, that's all tragic. But anyway, so Frank is escorting Howard, who is proselytizing as they walk into like Jensen's building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, the final revelation is at hand. I have seen the shattering vulgarizations of ultimate clarity. The light is impending. I bear witness to the light. And like Frank has him by the arm, and he's just like, "Fuck it." he's like bringing him up these giant marble stairs and he just like gives him a jerk to shut him up and fucking he just looks beatific like he's howard just has this look in his eyes like he's just ah you know like i have seen things so jensen arrives really uh really like riding high on those those uh spiritual oh yeah uh, oh Yes, uh, on that like, one dopamine. spot where like the tumor's pushing on the brain. A little yeah, bit, you know? exactly. <laughs> I, you know, not to say that that's what gets him, because we'll we'll get to that. But anyway, yeah, yeah. so like Frank has him by the arm, he takes him up. Then Jensen arrives like with all of his people and stuff, and he he just doesn't. Frank is like a prop in this scene for the rest of it. As soon as they sit down, Jensen comes in. He's like, "Good morning, Mister Bill," and he shakes his hand. He's like, "They tell me that you're a madman." <laughs> 
and Howard says only desultorily. And I, I had to look that word up because I know that's like a fucking Simon and Garfunkel song too. And I just never looked the word up and it just means done without serious effort. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great word. My God. So he says he's mad as a hatter, right? Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. But, but Jensen goes, how are you now? And I immediately went, <laughs> I did the letter Kenny thing. I was just like, Oh, not so bad. It, how are you? Yeah. 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 Uh, I can't remember it now. He's like, how are you now? Not so bad. And yourself. And then I can't remember the third part. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so he's like, I'm as bad as a hatter. And Jensen's like, who isn't? This guy is like unflappable. Like yeah. unflappable. This dude he's, is like, he he's, he's such an evil pro he's because like he knows. Aircraft yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Man. he's just this massive vessel that you can ride with like for a little bit, but very, very uh, Howard Taft looking kind of. Yeah. Yes. Like I like it too, because they're walking into the big, like mega, like, uh, conference room. Back to the conference and room. He's telling him a little bit about himself. Is oh yeah, no, this is great. Yeah. yeah. No, go ahead. Oh yeah, no. So he's saying a little bit about himself. He's like, yes, they like you know when I started when I started here, I was originally a salesman. It's like this is one of those rare things where you can work your way up. And he was saying yeah, he's like, I yeah. used to be a salesman, and they used to tell me uh, I was able to I could sell anything to anyone. And yeah, so we immediately get the sense that he is about to try and sell something to this mad person right yeah and you think it's gonna be a pitch yes it's it's setting your expectation right here uh and he's like i'd like to try to sell something to you right yeah so they walk, they walk he's into smiling too conference. like he's not like oh. he's like smiling he's calm he's not too malicious he's kind of like it's got like an arm on his shoulder mm-hmm. he seems to be yeah. a cool shit there is like all of this like fear that you got from Frank is just gone. Yeah, you're, he, you get the sense he is going to try and sell you something. He's trying to be like businessy, you know, like oh, yeah, in, yeah. you've experienced this anytime you've gone to purchase an automobile. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Or like or like uh, like a computer. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, man, you need this thing and this thing kind of shit. Like you think that's what's going to happen. Right. So they enter the conference room and uh, uh, Jansen goes Valhalla, Mr. Beal. He tells Howard to have a seat, and then he goes to the other end of the room, and he presses a button. Simultaneously, the curtains close, and the room lights dim. If Blade Runner didn't steal that, <laughs> get, the fuck, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. So Howard is seated at one end of this table, and Jansen stands at the other end, and then Jansen delivers, like, just probably one of the greatest fucking speeches I've ever seen. Yeah. Yep. He does the, I have it. I'm just going to read you it. You should see the movie, because every word of this is gold. Um, you've meddled with pride, and he's fucking evangelical. He's, he's booming, Moses yeah. on the mountain. Yes. You understand? Like, this isn't calm at all. He's like, you have meddled with primal forces of nature, Mr. Beale. Just- <laughs> <laughs> it's going to make yeah. me cough. <clears throat> and I won't have it. Is that clear? You think you merely stopped a business deal. That is not the case. The Arabs have taken billions of dollars out of this country, and now they must put it back in his hands the whole time. He's conjuring this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. He's like, it is ebb and flow, tidal gravity. It is ecological balance. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. There are no third worlds. There is no West. There is only one holistic system of systems, one vast, immane, interwoven, interacting, multivariant, multinational dominion of dollars. 
petrodollars, electrodollars, multi-dollars, reichmarks, rins, rubles, pounds, and shekels. All right, this pages. It is the international system of currency which determines the totality of life on this planet. That is the natural order of things today. That is the atomic and subatomic and galactic structure of things today. <laughs> That's so fucking dope. Oh, yeah. uh, and you have meddled with the primal forces of nature, and you will atone. And he's pointing at him. Yeah. And then he, he breaks and he goes, am I getting through to you, Mr. Beale? Yeah. And it's just it just completely normally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking die. It's so goddamn <laughs> good. It's such a head fake. Like yeah. Yeah. You, you get whiplash. Like it's just like, what fuck? No, he, you know, like, he, understands, oh. he understands who he's talking to. He's like, how do I appeal to this person? Yeah. yeah. And what is he and what, it, what another is he really hearing? interesting thing about this scene is that it keeps cutting back from uh from Ned Beatty to uh <laughs> To Howard's face. The terror and and the confusion. He's looking at an angel. Yes. Listen, if you've ever had like a... Be not afraid angel going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you've ever... It's it's interesting because it really calls... Well, it obviously calls back. And and you don't really put it together until like the... Well, we'll get to it. But anyway. Well, right. Right. And and I I have a note here before I like read more of this like bit of a speech. But this this bit here is the part that made me just feel like it fit on our little cyberpunk podcast mm. it's it's literally this speech in general um because like if you need justification for your corpos to be pieces of shit here is your format yep like this this is the the way of like there's a way of looking at it not even like the words or anything like that this is how you do a thorough justification for horrible shit yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. just all I could think of when I was hearing this, and, and this piece especially right here is like huge cyberpunk themes, like just in the terminology. Yeah, of it. he's like, you get up on your little twenty-one inch screen and howl about America and democracy. There is no America. There is no democracy. Mm. There is only IBM and ITT and AT and T and Dupont, Dow, Union Carbide, and Exxon. Those are the nations of the world today. Fuck. Yeah. What do you think the Russians talk about in their councils of state? Karl Marx? They got out their linear programming charts, statistical decision theories, minimax solutions, and compute the price cost probabilities of their transactions and investments just like we do. Yep. We no longer there live in a is. world of nations and ideologies, Mr. Beale. The world is a college of corporations inexorably determined by the immutable bylaws of business. The world is a business, Mr. Beale. It has been since man crawled out of the slime. I love it. Oh, <laughs> so Immutable bylaws of business is the one that got me where I'm like, yeah. oh. It's very, very John Goodman in that episode of Community uh, <laughs> where he's, you know, the imposing uh, vice principal of the uh-huh. school. <laughs> oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. just the but deep that- booming like finality of the way he says it. like everything else oh, yeah. in this movie it's kind of like where's the lie you know like right. it's like he's obviously a piece of shit but it's like it, when when you really you understand yeah it, when you really you know? go through all everything when you really look at the horrible deep dark truth of it all it's like he's not wrong at this point in time yeah <laughs> well he's not lying either. Well, no he's, he's not, not lying but yeah it's this next part too that kind right. of outlines why yes the world is like this 
Right. Uh, he, he says, uh, and our children will live, Mr. Beale, to see that perfect world in which there is no war or famine, oppression or brutality. One vast, and here's that word again, ecumenical holding company for whom all men will work to serve a common profit. <laughs> in which all men will hold a share of stock, all necessities provided, all anxieties tranquilized all boredom amused mm, and he puts his yeah. hand on howard's shoulders he says and, and he's shows the way he lifts right oh. here too is perfect wait it's it's yeah. like a it's like on an altar like the sun's coming through fucking stained glass yeah. that's like he looks it's that kind of it's all set up like it's, that, it's right? a noirish shot where he's really like is, standing yeah. you can't really see his face it's obscured the light by the is, shadow yeah the light is only on his face it's not on his yeah. ear you know what i mean it's yeah. like a tight beam and uh, he, he says to him, he puts his hand on his shoulder. He's like, I have chosen you, Mr. Beale, to preach this evangel. And Howard says, well, why me? Jensen says, because you're on TV, dummy. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It's the greatest callback in cinema. That, <laughs> see, that was a fucking head. This scene is a head trip for me. Yeah, really? oh, yeah. Because oh, if, you have, if you have ever been any sort of like mentally unstable, you have probably had some sort of paranoid deja vu moment like that where there's some you know, like bit of a mania, you know, where, yeah. where you feel like, as though you have been having half of a conversation with someone who wasn't there, and then you find out what that other half of that conversation is. That's and, you're like, oh, shit. and, and that's why I mean, I when they kept cutting back to Howard's face, like mm -hmm. he looks terrified. Yeah. Or a good, also, or a good, I wouldn't say portion. terrified. Well, he more looks like, terrified at first, but then he's like, okay, where, what are you trying to yeah. get? Yeah. Well, it's more awe. Yeah. Because, because of this last bit here, especially because like, you know, Jensen's like, because you're on television, dummy, 60 million people watch you every night of the week, Monday through Friday. And then Howard goes, I've seen the face of God. And Jensen goes, you just might be right, Mister. That's awful. That is like, yep. oh god. That's so See, fucking brutal. There, like, well, yeah. other than other than saying that, you know, our children are going to be. Well, I guess I mean, uh, you know what? He wasn't actually wrong about that. No, it's like the idea that, like, uh, yeah. it basically, if Amazon has he its said, way, it's like he said, our children. He said our children will live to see. You know, uh, yeah. well, he will live to see. It's almost like he's describing all boredom satiated. Yeah, or it's almost like he's but, describing yeah. an arcology, really. Like, it's kind of yeah. like if, well, everyone, if yeah. we all work for Amazon, theoretically, let's go, let's do because he's almost describing a very well, this, cyberpunk thing of like, what if we all worked for the company? We all yeah. like we all had shares in the company. All our needs were kind of taken care of. Every boredom kind of entertained, and we just work for the company, and that's it. Yeah, everybody gets a room in yeah. peach trees. And, Makes you know. yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of reminds me of um shoot uh, oh uh, well I mean that's that's the promise that they would make, but it would turn out being more like ten hundred thousand merits or whatever. Yeah, 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 basically, yeah. but it's it's it, of course that would be like the ideal utopia he's going to push forward. You know, like there's not yeah, going to be any no. nations, or it's also not going to be conflicts, and probably not any passions. It's just kind of like everything's taken care of, and you just work here. Well, he's yeah. got he's got a little bit of that. Uh, what do you, what do you <laughs> but, call it? That, that like brave new world kind mm -hmm. of idea, but it's, yeah. it's also this. There's this like sick idea that everything can like at that time. You know, he, he sees a future where like it is. Like everything is evened out. Everything yeah. like you work and you get enough. Yeah. But he's going to be the one who determines what's enough. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's, that's always that's the fucking case. He's literally playing the uh, the part of God here because oh, he's yeah. saying, mm -hmm. this is how the way things are. But 
I'm not going to change them because this all benefits and it's me. weird too because like they're getting bought out and he doesn't give a shit. No, yeah. like that—that's the thing because he's he's fucking he's loaded. That's the you thing. I mean? What's like, his face? Only gave a shit matter. about his own like job. I'm because like, he, he, well, he his his reach exceeded his grasp. Yeah, like it, you know, and, and Frank was always outclassed no matter how loud he got. Yeah, these fucking like, corporations are gonna be fine. He never knew the score. Yeah, right. yeah like it, he just like me make number go up by me hitting. You know, yeah, like, that's, that's that makes the, you know the dopamine go. You know, and it, yeah. but it's like right. these corporations they'll be fine regardless of what yeah. happens. It's just this was something they wanted, and he failed them, so he's fucked. But they're right. he's fucked, but they're still gonna get it. Yeah, you know what I mean, well, like, yeah. well, Tell maybe works. not. Hang on. So, like, we we get to the narrator, and he's like, that evening, Howard Beale went on the air to preach the corporate <laughs> cosmology of Arthur Jensen, and that's exactly what happens. So Howard, so he yeah. basically gets on stage, and he starts praising the audience for standing up for themselves, and then it was beautiful. You know, the White House received like six million telegrams about the CCA takeover, and the deal was stopped. "Quote: The people spoke, the people won. It was a radiant eruption of democracy." But I think that was it, fellas. That sort of thing is not likely to happen again, because at the bottom of all our terrified souls, we know that democracy is dying, uh, is a dying giant, a sick, sick, dying, decaying political concept writhing in a final pain. This is 1976. Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't mean that the United States is finished as a world power. The United States is the richest and most powerful and most advanced country in the world, light years ahead of any other country. And the communists won't take over the world because the communists are deader than we are. What's finished is the idea that this great country is dedicated to the freedom and flourishing of every individual in it. It's the individual that's finished. It's the single solitary human being that's finished. It's every single one of you out there that's finished. Because this is no longer a nation of independent individuals. It's a nation of some 200-odd million transistorized, deodorized, whiter-than-white steel-belted bodies, totally unnecessary as human beings, and as replaceable as piston rods. Oof. Now, so, so Howard takes a seat on the stage. Well, the time has come to say, is dehumanization such a bad word? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Whether it's good or bad, that's what is so. The world world is becoming humanoid, creatures that look human but aren't. Ugh. The whole oh, world, man. not just us. We're just the most advanced country, so we're getting there first. The whole world's people are becoming mass-produced, programmed, numbered, and, and he trails off into this narrator who starts saying, he's like, it was a perfectly admissible argument that Howard Beale advanced in the days that followed. <laughs> it was, however, also a very depressing one. <laughs> Nobody particularly... <laughs> Nobody particularly cared to hear his life was utterly valueless. By the end of the first week in June, the Howard Beale show had dropped one rating point in its trend of shares and dip below 48 for the first time since last November, which is just numbers go down. Yeah, yeah. Diane's on the phone with Howard's agent yelling at him to talk sense into Howard. Nobody wants to hear about dying democracy and dehumanization. So Max arrives and apologizes for being late, but Diane doesn't even hear him. She's too busy yelling at Lou. She's now realizing that she's lost control of Howard if she ever really had any control. And yeah. Jensen has foiled her profit and she just might not even understand how, you know, like she, she never interacts with them. Mm -hmm. so, like she's never sat down and said, Hey, you know, we want the more of a crazy woo woo shit. So she comes down the steps all but demanding Max help with his friend, but Max is all sick of it. You know, he, she accuses Max be, they're having a at fight. their place. Like, yeah. 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 Cause Max has moved in with Diana at this point. Yeah. She accuses Max of being in a morbid middle-aged mood, and Max fires back that like he's just sick of her being on the phone constantly. He's tired of being an accessory in her life, tired of pretending to write a book about the early days. He's like, nobody gives a fuck about that. 
And this fight has been building for a while because they've been there like together for like six months at this point. And um, he feels like he's like turning into one of her scripts. <laughs> he's like, he says, this is not a script, Diana. You know, he tells her he visited his wife because like she's in a depression so bad his daughter flew from Seattle to be with her. And he feels like shit about it. Because you remember when they like did that whole crazy night. His wife was out of town because his granddaughter was being born. Yeah. You know I mean, like it, it's like ultra shitty, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it really is. So anyway, he mentions his guilt and his damaged conscience and how like she thinks they're sentimental or quaint, but like that his generation just called it simple human decency. You know, just recognizing things. So he misses home and he's beginning to be scared shitless because he's becoming increasing aware of his own death in a way where he can like kind of see it, you know, it's like approaching. He's having this like existential crisis and he needs to be like more than a plot line to her, you know, yeah. which so Diane asks what, you know, he wants her to do in this like really vulnerable moment. And he just wants her to love him regardless. And she's like, I don't know how to do that. Oof. Yeah. And it's tense. So like the phone rings and you can see her almost like imperceptibly. She like her eyes turn, you know, she's like, yeah. the phone's ringing, you know, and then it like rings on the third ring. She's like, I'll be with you in a minute, Max. And she's like, leaves him hanging. You know what I mean? So then we cut to this uh, next scene. Uh, narrator is by the first week in July, the Howard Beale show was down 11 points. Hysteria swept through the network. <laughs> Diana is being chastised by Laureen. <laughs> She's like, he's a plague. He's smallpox. He's typhoid. <laughs> oh, God. It's because well, Laureen doesn't want to follow Beale's show because yeah. it's tanking. Right. You know, and Diana says she's looking for a replacement, but the candidates all suck. So we find out how badly. It's like apparent to Diane that like Bill was really like one of a kind. You know what I mean? Like they they go in and there's this guy and he's standing like he's got whatever like a fucking bear skin or something on. He's got a stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's all black it's and white footage. He's standing on this fucking like, shot low cliff. Yeah, and, like the backwoods <laughs> like, of I don't know. And he's he's just it's like a, it's 1976 and this dude's just like a holdover. Like he's a burnout and he's just straight yeah. up like. And then I, everything was like really crazy, baby. Yeah, you know, it was like, heavy baby. It was heavy baby. And like, oh my god, it was just all. It's, it's amazing. And so you know, and, and this is where it becomes like they're like, well, you know, what about the one ABC was going to put up against Howard? And you're like, that's him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Didn't they show him where it was like this dude in like a frock and looked like from the 16th century or something with like you know? Well, that's the one. That was the yeah, one where the yeah, he's like the only one they show. Yeah. It's on a hill. And, he yeah, was yeah, their yeah. best one. He's yeah. like this crazy hill person. <laughs> I like the shrews never wore off. You know. Yeah, and it's it, got this like Monty Python sort of oh, camera 100%, angle. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's incredible. Answer my riddles three very much. Yeah, like yeah. Energy. And they're like, <laughs> and they're all like, "Fuck, man, this isn't good." <laughs> no, <laughs> Diane. Diane's got a great line. She's like, "Fully fledged messiahs don't come in bunches." <laughs> so she sits down and she says, "Like, because Frank, Frank's in the room for this too." And she's like, "My reports say we'll do better without him." talking about Beale, right? Mm -mm. It would be a disaster to let this go another week. By then, he'll be down 16 points, and the trend irreversible isn't already. I think we should fire Howard. And Frank considers this. You know, there's a hitch. Arthur Jensen has taken a strong personal interest in the Howard Beale show, right? So Frank's got to go have dinner with Jensen, and he wants another chance to convince him, you know, to, like, kick him off, right? The dynamic here is, like, network ratings versus Howard as a useful mouthpiece for his, like, big, big boss. Yeah, yeah. So Frank arranges a meeting in his office at 10 p.m. after his dinner with Jansen. Diana returns home. Max is asleep in a chair. She's packing Max's suitcase after he fin she finishes her shower, right? She thinks they need to reevaluate their relationship. 
Diana doesn't like how their script is turning into a seedy little drama. Middle-aged man leaves wife and family for young, heartless woman, goes to pot. <laughs> the problem is, he's a family man who likes a home and kids, but she's incapable of that kind of commitment. She says that all that's left for them is a few more months of intermittent sex and ugly little fights like the one last night until it's over. And she apologizes for the mean shit she said to him. Uh, he's not her worst lay, and he doesn't make death rattles when he sleeps. She's <laughs> kind of mean. And then Max finds it interesting that a woman's worst insult is to impugn his coxmanship. He continues packing his suitcase, and she says, I'm sorry I've impugned your coxmanship. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a great word that needs to be brought back into popular usage um, for different reasons, though. Coxmanship is just hilarious. <laughs> I just, I like see kids like just like fucking sword fighting. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so Max, I gave up comparing genitals back in the schoolyard. You know, he's like, it doesn't bug me. Fuck off. So <clears throat> she's surprising that he's being so calm about the breakup. And he's like, yeah, I knew this was coming. Like, weeks ago. yeah. She asked if he's going back to his wife. And he's like, he doesn't know if he'll, uh, she'll take him back. But, you know, he's not worried. He's more worried about Diana. He figures she's got a year or two before she cracks up, maybe jumps out her office window. (laughs) She firms up, says she doesn't need him, but like she goes into the kitchen to get a coffee cup and her hands are just fucking shaking. And then she like slams them both down and just pisses her right off. She's like, I don't want your pain. I don't want your menopausal decay and death. I don't need you, Max. Get out. And then Max is like, you need me. You need me badly because I'm your last contact with human reality. And he's like, I love you. And that painful decaying love is the only thing between you and the shrieking nothingness. You'll live for the rest of the day. (laughs) Jesus Christ. man! So Diana realizing he's not fucking wrong is like, well, then don't leave me. This is the most vulnerable she's ever been in this Mm -hmm. movie. Like this is the closest she's ever come to being like, oh, and then any other, a lesser film, this would have worked. Like this would have changed. Like they would have gotten back together and worked things out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But Max is like, it's too late, Diana. There's nothing left in you I can live with. You're one of Howard's humanoids. If I stay with you, I'll be destroyed. Like Howard Beale was destroyed. Like Lorraine Hobbs was destroyed. Like everything you and the institution of television touch is destroyed. You're television incarnate, Diana. Indifferent to suffering, insensitive to joy. All of life is reduced by the common rubble of banality. Mm -hmm. War, murder, death are all the same to you as bottles of beer. And the daily lousiness of life is a corrupt comedy. Or, I'm sorry, daily business of life. Well, hey, that works too. Yeah, you even shatter the sensations of time and space into split seconds and instant replays. Your madness, Diana. Virulent madness. And everything you touch dies with you. But this, not me. This might be my favorite uh, oh, monologue yeah. in this movie. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Because, yeah, because... It's true. She is television incarnate. Like, that's her whole character. And they distilled it so well, too. Like, and so well in that. She plays it so brilliantly. Oh, my gosh. She, and in such a way that she, her character has foreshadowed essentially reality television first. And then, you know, the way that social media ended up, uh, like the, the part of together. social media that they fucking landed on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Engagement. Yeah. She it's ter- is terrifying. The, yeah. That's like the tip of the spear there. And, and it's not like it, it hadn't happened before, but like in cinema, I'm sure you can imagine a thousand times where somebody's like, well, bad press is good. You know, it's just press. Sure. This is that weaponized and turned into a mechanism and yeah. illustrated and shown how it operates. And <laughs> lo and behold, 40 fucking some years later, 
it's how it operates. Yeah. A lot of it, a lot of this, like a frightening amount of this. Yeah. And it's, it still keeps hitting me. And, you know, yeah, it's pretty accurate. It really, it really did call a lot of shit out, but it's also really well written and well made. It doesn't wear its like heart on its sleeve. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just showing you the whole naked lunch, you know, like that's here, have it. It's on the tip of your fork, stare at it for a minute, you know, like, yeah. yeah. You know, and he, he says that, you know, it's not him. It's not as long as he can feel pleasure and pain and love. And then he leans down and kisses her, right? And he puts on his coat and he says, and it's a happy ending. Wayward husband comes to his senses, returns to his wife with whom he's established a long and sustaining love. Heartless young woman left alone in her Arctic desolation. Music up with a swell, final commercial. And here are a few scenes from next week's show. And then he takes a shit and walks out. <laughs> and it's like, God damn it. Yeah, exactly. God damn it. So we're back at Frank's office and we're, we're getting to it. Um, Mr. Jensen was, is is a quote. uh, Mr. Jensen was unhappy at the idea of taking Howard Beale off the air. Mr. Jensen thinks Howard Beale is bringing a very important message to the American people. So he wants Howard Beale on the air and he wants him kept on. I love Mr. Jensen. I love this scene scene. just because it's just these fuckers are no longer part. Like they are and are not part of the corpo now because like they're to the point where it's like, this is mercenary shit. Yeah. We're over over spirituality crap, regardless of how like corporate (laughs) it is or not like, no. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mr. Jensen feels we're being too catastrophic in our thinking, which is really funny. The corporation corporation that owns them loves him. Mm Mm-hmm. And right. <laughs> they're just not down for it because they're like, but we're not making money. Well, yeah, but like that's the that's the irony of it. That's what he was trying to do. And here, like, they're not making money, and Jensen doesn't give a shit. He's like, no, keep it going. Yeah, keep it running. This. It's just like the Koch brothers do with a bunch of shit and like Sinclair and all these other mm-hmm. places. So like yep. so Frank goes on. He he says, I argued that television was a volatile industry in which uh success and failure were determined week by week. Mr. Jensen said he did not like volatile industries and suggested with a certain sinister slickness that volatility in business usually reflected bad management. He didn't really care. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that's like such a, that's such a detached view on it because it's like, uh, you know, this isn't making so, money. And he's like, well, if it's not making money, it must be your fault. Fuck you. Right. And, it's, yeah. it's, and it's like, that's why we have these ranks. First, exactly. You know? <laughs> so yeah. it's like, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> Yeah, the guy is literally just saying, uh, so I'd made this change, and because of this change, it's not making money anymore, so uh, make it make money more. It's <laughs> no, 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 no. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly right. Exactly right. Here, here's here's Frank, who only knows how to do that, and Mr. You know, Jensen's like, I don't care. I like this guy. He's telling them, because I can't. Yeah. I can't do what Beale does. Yeah. So I need Beale to do what I want Beale. Like he is my disciple. You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. this has turned into a different sort of religion. That's like encompassing all of their bullshit. It's like the new yeah. testament. Oh God. Yeah. Shit, right? uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, he didn't really, yeah. you know, he, he didn't care if Beale was the number one show or the 50th. He didn't care if Beale show lost money. He wants Howard Beale in the air and he wants him kept on. I would describe his position on this as inflexible. Where does that put us, Diana? And Diana says, that puts us in the shit house. She, that's where that puts us. So she goes over some numbers and they're all bad. And they show that like, if they get rid of Beal, they might be okay. Right. Everybody goes around and talks about how Beal's the problem. The numbers show up. Money will be lost. Nelson. So what do we do about this Beal son of a bitch? And they're so Frank, disposable. Like, I'm sorry. Well, like, Frank's so nonchalant. Yeah. He's so nonchalant. He's like, I suppose we'll have to kill him. And there's a pregnant pause. And then it, 
And then he goes, I don't suppose you have any ideas on that, Diana. You know, in any other movie, this like would totally be played off as a joke, right? Mm-hmm. But Diana, well, what would you fellas say to an assassination? She thinks they could get like one of the Mazi Tongue people to do it for one of their shows. Yeah. Right? So like the movie shows like an audience cued outside of a studio. Diana is in a voiceover. In fact, it'll make a hell of a kickoff for the season. So the people in the room like crunch the numbers. What's Howard's like buyout clause? Is there a syndication value? Nelson's like, we're talking about a capital crime. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, well, what do we do with this son of a bitch? He didn't think it was going to jump straight to fucking murder. Usually there's like a whole bunch of steps. We're like, well, you know, maybe we can like, you know, shuffle this around. Maybe we can like, you know, something here, something there. Maybe not, you know, give him as much makeup, you know, like something. So fuck with his life a little bit. Yeah. yeah. They're just straight to erase. So, uh, He's like, uh, uh, the network can't be implicated, right? So then we see the great Ahmed Khan and another like ELA member take their seats in the audience. After assuring there are no like recording devices in the room back at like Frank's office, Frank asks for like other opinions. Diane, I don't see we have any option. Let's kill the son of a bitch. <laughs> God. <laughs> so you get the full opening credits. Da-da-da-da. The segments are all introduced, just like they did, you yep. know, back oh. in the first episode. Yeah, Howard appears. Well, I want to make note again. Like they they cut to the audience again, and mm-hmm. this time they're chanting, "We're mad as hell, but we're oh, not yeah. going to take it anymore." But they look bored. Um, a little bit, yeah, yeah right. But yeah. like they they they're really excited to get in, and it is because like something you know what I mean. Like it's really weird. Yeah. It's changed. a very weird because moment. it has something changed, has changed because now he preaches yeah. that you you are not important. None of this yeah, fucking matters. It's almost like they're coming to sit in on like a fucking Jordan Peterson like talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just like, oh, we paid a lot of money for this. You know, except it's a TV show and you don't pay. You just get in. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. So, yeah, like I said, you get the full fucking opening credits, get these segments introduced, you know, Matahari and her fucking blah, blah, blah. And then Howard appears and is immediately gunned down by the great Ahmed Khan and this other dude from the. <laughs> Yep. The ELA, right? Rise up yeah. and everyone has machine pistols, these two guys, and they just God, the, the way he, this fucking death scene. Like, let's yeah. this death scene is incredible yeah. because it's like hard cuts. He, he takes one to the dome. Yeah. You know, I mean, like yes. he's, he's down. And what's funny is like Ahmed Khan has like an Uzi that he just like slips out from under his jacket. It's just, like tiny little gun. And like they just go off. And what's really funny too is that a lot of people think that the other guy is Tim Rob or yeah, Tim Robbins. But he he's like he's actually had to release a statement about this. He's like, no, I was I was seven. I was in high school. I was seventeen. Like, I wasn't, so there's no fucking way that was me. But this guy, I thought for years it was him. You know what I mean? Like I had no idea. So anyway, so the movie ends as it began. You have four screens playing coverage of the shooting and commercials. It's just you know, there's like it's sound and just blood like and this poor man like. T- it's like a, yeah, Northwest away. Airlines they, ad. Yeah. They don't, uh, they also Life don't. Life cereal. Um, Mikey likes it. Keep going. No, yeah. I was trying to do well, the cacophony like they were doing. <laughs> no, they uh, they keep uh, Howard's body like on screen. Yep. It, at least one run. screen the entire time. Yeah. Or yeah. they're cutting to the shooters themselves and they do this thing where they advance it a couple frames and then back it up a couple frames. It's There's so much going on in this bit for like fucking 10 seconds that it's really really bonkers and uh then you get the narrator (laughs) in the greatest ending ever he goes this was the story of howard beale the first known instance of a man who was killed because he had lousy ratings (laughs) it's just jesus fuck yep it's 
It's uh, I love it. I love it. I love yep. everything about That's it. That's the final line it's, too. Uh, it it's... fucking ends. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's it. No, seriously, we're done talking about it. Like that's yeah. the way. I mean, we're not. We're not no, done talking about it. it. But I, like, oh man, I like that. that I, I like the during the ending scenes before he dies. It's like these fuckers find out how disposable they themselves are because mm-hmm. it's well, this person above you, like he doesn't fucking care if you're not making money because again, like he's the god and this is this his profit and he's fine with that. Like he doesn't care about you. Like it, they've never cared about you. Like they just want. It's all about. It, it, it it's weird because it's like this guy is so caught up in like you know this has to make money this has to make money and then like at the end they're like no it doesn't you know yeah it's like i don't care oh, yeah. well well it's about the guy's ego uh what's his name i i always forget his name uh it's about frank yeah it, it's his job no uh the uh guy at the top the very top oh jensen jensen yeah mm-hmm. jensen Kind of, yeah. I mean, but here's the thing. It doesn't really come off as ego. It just comes off as, like, beyond that. Yeah. Like, to a certain yeah, something it's, deeper. It's almost like, like, this is natural. This is, because, I mean, he has this lofty position yeah. in the world. You know what I mean? He's the head of a multi-billion dollar corporation in the 70s. So, like, <laughs> which is fucking nuts. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, you know, things really start picking up after World War II. You know, and it's, yeah. this, this was kind of like the end uh, of that. The the begin at the top of that peak. Now we you know, we, about, we rode well, being you know, uh, for a while. I don't know how much truth there is to this, but I have heard it said before that capitalism has only like has a two hundred year shelf life. Uh, democracy two fifty, uh, oh, and okay. we're two hundred forty seven, so we're doing great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I thought I uh, I thought I heard that uh, capitalism has like a two hundred year shelf life, and. Yeah, uh, 76 was the bicentennial and, you know, around, I mean, it's my theory, it's my theory that, you know, that like some people knew that and they kind of had to rope the rest of the world into this, you know, the, Mm -hmm. uh, what do they call it? The global ecosystem of capitalism. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing, when it comes to like, say speculation, that's when I have problems because it's like, you're, you don't know. And that's where all of the problems come from. It's just all the speculation constantly. Like, oh, well, you know, it's going to be worth this much next thing. And, well, if, if it doesn't turn out that way, then I lose all this money. But I have to diversify yeah. my Look, you're fucking with shit that doesn't matter. Like, what we yeah. need is, like, a way to put people in houses and give them food. And all of this is just this fucking game y'all are playing to keep the money amongst yourselves. Well, sure, because, because yeah, when you start thinking like that, that never happened. Well, the thing is, when you start thinking like that, you no longer care of whether, you know, everyone has places to live or things to eat. It's the matter of can they show up to work? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's where we're that's at. Now. Where we're, yeah. See, yeah. It's <laughs> like, well, how, you know, it, it's basically what we, we got this like weird fucking no man's land thing going on where like everybody goes to work and it's just throwing bodies at the fucking trenches. Yep. You know, and it's it's awful. Yeah, if you live in America, don't go to work. Sorry. And yeah, um, yeah. I mean, well, here, here's the thing. They don't have the imagination to make this work. They want things to go the way they've been going. Sure. They can't. Yeah. They hate the idea. Like well, all these fucking managers can't, you know, like exercise their fucking egos if they can't look at, you know, out upon their like cubicle farm. And it's like, yeah. you know, we've been doing this shit from home. We've been, you've been, yeah. all these people are fucking like, you know, unemployment being what it is, you're posting record profits. Like you're telling us the economy's doing great, but like motherfuckers are about to like lose their homes. They're getting kicked out and evicted still in spite of the fact that like 
this is a disease that doesn't give a shit about you. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. care about your fucking mask. It doesn't give a fuck about like, oh, well, you're only in this room for 70 minutes. It, you only got to fuck up once and then you got it. Yep. And, you know, you don't even have to fuck up necessarily. No, yep. you don't even have to fuck up. You just have to be around somebody who did, yep. which is the problem. And, you know, fuck. I don't know. It's a, I, I'm start. Here's the thing. Here's where you like, if you listen, I'm located near Washington, D.C. If you hear a scream like a guttural fucking howl, wherever you are in the world, come from this direction. It is because I read a headline that used the term covid envy because it's what? it's fucking it's kind no there it's it hasn't happened yet i haven't seen one and if it does exist then you know i will just go outside and scream now to make up for it yeah. i know that like i there, there's just a sickness in this country where they're gonna be like people who had it and they, they brag about how like it's not that big a deal and then boom it turns into like antiviral you know the oh, one fucking god the one movie i haven't seen by brandon Cronenberg, but i imagine he called this <laughs> you know yeah yeah it's Ah, man, like COVID's so, uh, it's done weird things in this country. Some for the better, a oh, lot yeah, for the no. worse, but it's the idea of like. I mean, I get, on a level, you got to cope with the fact that we're dealing with this like existential well, thing. Like divine intervention, the problem you know? is, is that everyone's trying to do this by country. And it's like, but we live on this single planet. Yeah. Your borders mean nothing. Especially if you're sending planes around for commerce, you just keep stirring it up. You know, all I, yeah. I don't know. Either this is like finally like, you know, what, whatever the, the elites are trying to have their, you know, you could count it as a fucking genocide at this point. The fact that, you know, we got to rely on these two cool doctors down in like uh, uh, fucking uh, Texas who are trying to like make a free vaccine for the world, which is a thing we should have done a couple of fucking. You well, know, they tried. And then, you know, a fucking corporate corporate guy, Bill, Bill got involved and was like, no, you could do it for profit. And they're like, fuck, you're right. And then, you know. No, no, no. There's two scientists right now who are working on this fucking virus. Oh, good. For this, this vaccine. Thank God. I think I posted it in the uh, uh, Discord. Because it was like, hey, there's good people. We need more. Yes, we do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Please. For real. And they, they want to Jonas Salk this shit. That's why we don't have polio. But they seem to want to drag this on until, I don't know, they get it again, I guess. I don't know. What the fuck? We're just gonna I'm not going to talk. I'm not... God. I'd like to you travel know, again. I got, I miss the I miss various things. I miss clubs cities. and cafes and yeah. bars and like having a life. Cause I don't do anything. I was going to say, well, <laughs> uh, that, that has uh, been the same for me for many years now. So, you know, it's not like it's a big deal. But, it is uh, no, no. Yeah. My, my life, aside from like going to work, uh, my life has not really appreciably changed in any way whatsoever. During I have been like losing this, my goddamn but, mind. But yeah. I should also say, like, I have not made a decent living wage my no. entire adult adult life. Same. So, well, I mean, uh, the one time I was, I was, I was working at like a plastic press factory, mm-hmm. and then laid me off. <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. The only uh, time I, uh, I ever made enough where I could like comfortably like live and pay my rent was I worked two jobs, so basically I just never had a day off ever. I had to lie to my, yeah, yeah, I had yeah. to kind of lie to both my managers to like get a day off. Well, yeah, and then you fast forward ten years, and I'm in college. I got a job in a computer lab. I got a, I got a job where I'm taking tutors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm taking a full fucking load. You know, uh, you know, sixteen hours a week of that shit, and then I was like working overnights on the weekend, two nights a week, and I was treading water. Yep. I remember, you know, like that. You like never. And I, no, no. I now I don't write because I'm just like I haven't quite 
process that fucking what I did to myself those three years, you know? Oh yeah. I mean? like, no, I mm -hmm. feel that entirely. Like that's, I felt like I burned myself out really quickly. Uh, mm -hmm. In my adult life, I suppose. Uh, and it's all the other shit we have to do to like worried about like my my excuse for not doing my thing and I'm trying to really work hard on something is like it's having to worry about surviving all the time fucking blows. Oh yeah. <laughs> like yeah. and just yeah, not, like not like, you know, I gotta go hunt and gather. No, I'd probably be okay with that. It's the idea of like, fuck, I need a job and I need to beg someone to give me one. Yeah. Yeah. And I need the air not to kill me. Yeah. Like there's also that there's that weird modifier all that the things I like to do, file to life yeah, about. Like all the things like, I would do to inspire myself, because I'm like you two, I like to go outside and do things, is I can't do them. Oh, now. who said that? I didn't Wait, say no, that. I, I never said that. that. <laughs> yeah, that's not a true statement. I know. You two are... You're not like, you're not like us, is what you meant. I would like to walk like the three blocks to the beer garden, and then on the nicest God, possible yes. day in existence, sit inside. So, yeah. like, it's... Yeah, I'm not I like... Mean, I can't... I, I don't know. It's a yeah. Yeah. It, the outdoors yeah. is uh is I don't know. I'm not comfortable out there. No, so, fair enough. In general, lots of I like being, lots of scary I like being around people, and it's just it's difficult where where yeah. now I'm like being around people could actually kill me. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I like going to I like going to shows. Yeah, you know, like I, I like yeah. hearing music live. I like I'd like to go see stand up. But dude, I know had a free ticket to see or not a free ticket, but like a thirty dollar ticket to see like Fortune Feimster. Last night down at like uh, Tyson somewhere, and I was just like, I'd fucking love yeah, to see. Just, to, there's a goddamn yeah, like a friend of mine got, yeah. got to go see um idols like live in mm. like oh, I'm man. like I fucking so, love that, but also I would be terrified. Oh no, I'm I'm really worried for friends of mine that still play out right mm -hmm. now. Like they got to make ends meet, yeah. they got to make money, you know, and they they do these events that are like vetted, but yeah, you know, but that's it's only gonna go so fucking far though. Omicron like, is. Oh man! I think oh no, they got there's the new one. Everybody, there. everybody, there's I the knew. Delta Cron. Oh. I think I'm here. Oh, great, and I'm just like you're just making shit up now. Why don't you just call it Omega Cron and just everybody... <laughs> I think it's it. I... Why not call it uh, yeah. fucking or the Optimus Optimus or... Cron? <laughs> yeah, Mega Cron. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. We're just at the point where the virus is going to burn itself out naturally. Galvacron. and yeah. where it's just going to get weaker and weaker till it's like, oh, now we just live with this for forever and ever. And it's like we could have that... not killed all. These that's people, what you know i think that's the thing that we're that's a that's the, the assumption that i'm i'm really worried about with pe people because it's mm -hmm. it's not necessarily true like there's a bunch of different outcomes like it can become more virulent and less lethal which is kind of what people are trying to say they're trying to say omicron is milder and i'm just like have you heard about anything involving hospitals right now like mm -hmm. this is definitely you know a, a disease for everybody not just the unvaccinated um yeah. and the unvaccinated are filling up the fucking icus but like there's also the chance that it could become like less contagious, but more lethal, which isn't better no. because we're not talking in giant, like we're not talking in double digit jumps here. We're still talking like 5% this way, a couple percent that way kind of things. And there's always the one that could be like Ebola, you know, where it's straight up just like fucking tears through people and it erases a city, you know, I mean, it's, we got, we're not through this and we were, we've been dumb about it. And the people, you know, we pay money to, to take care of us are not. No, they focus more on the yeah. business end of it where it's like, well, you know, what's important is me make numbers go. Up. Yeah. Uh -huh. And yeah. whether, yeah, no it. matter how many lives you got to chew through to do that, eventually they're going to find out there's not enough lives and, or we're just going to stop fucking doing it <laughs> when we realize that like, it's, that's, the, mm, it's that we need money to eat. 
And right. you're still in the, like, what do you, what, see, here's the thing. It's because they hoard money that they think that we would hoard money, but they don't realize that if we had money, we would spend it on shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, we always do. Cause like we do this thing where because we, have we don't have a, eat. we don't have a surplus. Well, we, we don't, never... we don't have photosynthesis. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That too. We don't have fur. Well, most of us. I don't know. They're going to make an argument for a few people. But like, it's still a matter of we're going to put the money back into the economy faster than they ever will. Yeah. And all they ever seem to do is move it offshore. I mean, th- there's a story that popped up in my feed today about how they're trying to turn these two islands into like, there's they're calling this, uh, there's a Satoshi Island oh, now. God. That I, I don't know. Right. I don't want to talk about well, these it. Are the, um, these are the people who Longa didn't get there first. God damn it! it I just I I can't anymore. And well, like but the point of this movie being that what I was going to go into after this was like kind of like a concentrated you know look upon um, like the the fairness doctrine from the FCC. <laughs> Because it it existed, you know, like it was, it kind of came up. I want to say in the '30s, some some version of it, and you know, I, so I was going to do like an addendum talking about that, and also like kind of like the origins of like how Fox News came to be, and that is just spiraling out of control. So I'm going to save those for like a different episode later on. I'll probably squeeze them into like one of well, our regular. Well, apps. I mean, yeah, well, it's gonna it has been two hours already. Because all of this, yeah, all of this leads into that. Like from propaganda to the first episode about this, you know, movie to this episode, yeah. you know, it's all connected. It's, it's all leading yeah. into this idea. I haven't been able to stop thinking about about how like our information is delivered to us and like what the motivations are for the people who hold the medium. And you and know, it's not like guys. We just yeah. we just gotta kind of get to that point where it's just yeah, it's dirty. Let's fucking handle yeah. it. And it well, we but, need real actionable, like we need an emergency, like, you know how like there's like a tornado and you get the big like buzz, buzz, buzz and the fucking channel would change back in the day. And it'd be like, here's what to do. Get underground. Here's the thing coming. We kind of need that. Yeah. Yeah. Then we get like, instead of like press releases that could be interpreted any fucking way. And yeah. we, we need a, we need a press secretary who's not going to laugh at the idea that we need fucking tests. Yeah. And like, you know, you inherited a shit show. Can we act like it's a shit show and then deal with it? You know, like it's just all I'm asking. It's just yeah. real goofy. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would be as a uh, fucking slow to well, move. I would be making executive orders daily about. Well, remember, shit. everything isn't nationalized. Everything is for profit now. And when cool. something, uh, whatever, yeah. we got drones. Something doesn't fucking have them shoot goddamn vaccines at people. Fucking do something. Right, well, what's for the profit, profit margins of shooting vaccines at people? I feel it would be too much money to make the drones. And then how much money are we? How much expensive are the vaccines? We have to buy we the, have the drones. We just have to make the missile delivery service. It'll be like one of those multi-head missiles that you used to get in like Robotech. Single warhead, bunch of little mini warheads come out of it, and they fucking what stand is this real Robo Tech. Yeah. It's the it's it, I don't know like the idea we could say the idea but it's kind of like when you're trying to sell oh, I know. sell something it's like I guarantee you that someone will bring up like well how expensive is that and I'm like fuck you I can't believe I have to sell the idea yeah. of saving the species yeah, you would have to mm, like 100 like weird. you would have to sell saving the species to someone or we have to remove those people you know like however that has to happen in Minecraft I mean it's yeah. just it, through can- well, cannibalism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the vaguest possible sense, we need to make sure they have a very good time. <laughs> and, um, the vaguest, because like you know, they, they, that's the thing. Like that. Look at look at like what's like big and popular in a whole fucking nine yards, right? Like some of it's good, some of it's bad, mm-hmm. but a lot of it really kind of follows that comforting formula, like you were saying. You know, you just wait till you check watch. 
hero's gonna save the day at the end. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then everybody, you know, you get that opposite ending and they've weaponized and fucking commodified that. Yep. You know, you get the yep. you get the bad, you get seven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or something like that. And it's just Something like, oh I've, shit, bad ending. Cool. Man, but it's awesome. This movie you know, made me realize that the entertainment industry uh is like I realize they're uh concentrating more and more on virtual reality. Whereas the news industry is augmented reality. Yeah. It's, and it's been that way ever since we could, you know, slip a phone, slip a screen into our pockets. Something that could feed us information. Let's stick a broadside on a fucking building. It was like, you pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Buy buy my wagons. It's chew tobacco. You know, it's it's all been snort long men. It's real children smoke Marlboro. Exactly. Like it's uh, and it's this it's this thing again. It all comes down to money, though. Like it just comes down to like all I care about is you buying the thing and doing the thing, and also like just I don't know. It's hero like the idea. Like we grew up with all these wonderful stories about like heroes and whatnot. It kind of put a hero complex in all of us, where it's like the opposite, Mm -hmm. where we don't do the thing we we or worse. Yeah, oh, it's like well, it's, yeah, you're right. It's yeah. that Gil Scott, that Gil Scott Heron B uh, B movie. He, he's got that whole thing about how like, God, when did that song come out? Was that like late sixties, early seventies? Yeah. He's talking about he's like, you know, uh, someone's always going to come to save the day in America. <laughs> you know, at the last uh, minute. You know, and because he, he's talking shit about Reagan the entire yeah. time. Actually, you know, I would say after this episode, listen to B movie by Gil Scott Heron. Um, it's this amazing 13 minute track about alternate reality yeah. and augmented reality. Like, yeah. I mean, the whole fucking end of the song for like six minutes is just him singing like, it's not really life, just like living in a movie. And it's yeah, sick. No, that's, and that's, uh, it's sick. That's yeah. where some of the, uh, some of the, that, uh, speech, uh, mm. uh, uh, Howard's humanoid speech yeah. really kind of. Yeah. Really kind of yeah. freaked me out a little bit. It hits. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The choice of words is ahead yeah. of its time. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, definitely. Uh, there's, there's a lot here. Because, yeah, it's... Life does feel unreal now. And I don't know mm. if that's because uh, my mind needs to ascribe a narrative to reality. And mm. mine is just, you know, a cyberpunk noir uh, reality. Uh, well, I think that's yeah. common though, because like when real real shit happens, right? Like we almost had another yeah. civil war. That was the shit that I was like, oh shit, ha <laughs> Like yeah. adrenaline came like up. pending. Yeah, I was like, Ooh. and I should not have <laughs> a, that kind of reaction to almost having a civil yeah. war. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I kind of looked at myself a little bit because I'm like, wow, that got me out of depression. Why is that? That's not a good reaction. <laughs> I shouldn't be having. Yeah, that. Why was I thinking? Why was I thinking like? Oh, finally. It's, you know, yes, just, exactly. We can, move on, we can move on to another genre. Finally. Exactly. Oh, God damn it. I'm so tired of I want to go back to the post-apocalyptic shit. Well, what the it. bad thing happened like, so we could stop At least stop there are no, re- no, uh, no rules in the post-apocalyptic. Well, it's the idea so, of like, let uh, the bad thing finally happen. Be like a video game. You know, stop yeah, having And this. then we'll deal with exactly. it. Exactly. Which is, which is a really weird, let, let, that skirts with like, you know, eco-fascism. Kind of, yeah. It's not good. Yeah. You know it's I mean, not a good reaction. It's, not, it's not a good thing feeling to have, but it's kind of like what everything yeah. kind of heaped on all of us at all times. It's kind of well, like we we want the bad thing to happen. So you we get tired. Yeah, the, you get tired of winning. And another thing that's scary about the uh, about um, God, I forgot his name again. Uh, 
which, which one? Uh, uh, Ned Beatty. Uh, oh, 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 uh, Jansen. Yeah, Jansen's uh, his whole speech when he's talking about um, God, man, the I forget primal exactly. forces of nature. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah the primal yeah, yeah. forces of nature, and that's <laughs> that's the the thing about capitalism is that that's how it know, sees makes itself it, makes it seem. Uh, and that's how it makes it seem like this is going to be a really difficult thing for people to shake. Like it does lay out why, like, how do we stop capitalism? It is literally a train that is tearing through it's everything. It's funny you said that because oh, like I mean, it's, and it's, I've heard arguments that capitalism was the first AI because the idea is like, we are all part yeah. of it. Oh yeah. And that yeah, it, corporations are, yeah. Are and that it protects itself. Like very similar, yeah. and heals mm-hmm. itself very similar to how nature can protect itself. It can heal, absolutely maybe not protect itself, but heal itself after a while. And it's we're all essentially just microorganisms just feeding off of one another at this point, and well, other yeah. microorganisms are feeding off of us. So you know, yeah. it's fitting. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's just the way it'd be. You know, yeah. like, I, I'm all right with that. But like, when it becomes hoarding, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and there was, like, I don't know what comedian it was, but they were just talking about how, like, the unstoppable force of, like, quarterly gains meets, his, meets like, the immovable object of we're out of resources. Like, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put you it, know? actually. And that's, we have been, like, rapidly approaching that moment. I, I would say rapidly approaching that moment over the last four decades. <sighs> yeah. No, um, it's, but it's yeah. exponential. As we get closer, like, every, it seems like, they don't know how or understand the benefit of de-escalation. Yeah. They just yeah. kick the can down the road. And when it gets worse, they blame the other side and they just kick the can. Both sides do this too. That's the thing that's pissing me off so fucking yep. much because like our choices like politically right now seem to be vote for straight up fascist like simps or corpos. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. well, this isn't working out. That's why, you know, you know, yeah, basically where it's yeah. like, I would, <sighs> We start with Bernie Sanders. We end up with um, what's his face in the fucking sewers and demolition man. Like that's how this goes. <laughs> that's the progression of this if they don't fix shit. Because yeah. you know Taco Bell's fine, but they need to be bringing back the other two flavors of Locos Tacos. You know the three ones. So they got to be doing that shit. Mm, um, Rat tacos, but it's it it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I don't care shit. <laughs> but it's the it's yeah. One- the Matrix tells me it's delicious. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like one side goes on about like how it like student loan debt or it's like well this will never go away you need to pay your debts and the other side's like you need to pay your debts debts also i'm gonna like step on you if you have colored hair and consider yourself non-binary or something and that's something i saw in it like a tweet about that was just like we've been like 63 weeks or something like that we've like paused student loan collection and stuff like that and the economy has only gotten bigger they're like just cancel yeah it doesn't Mm -hmm. fucking matter obviously yeah yeah, it really does. You've shown us this over a year. Yeah, you know, like literally the only reason I've never paid. Let's all let us let us start making that. money and investing back into the economy yeah. instead of paying fucking interest on like a principal and that principal just never goes yeah. away. Like y- y'all don't understand what's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, don't make eventually the desperation is going to make the people hungry, and then the hungry people don't stay hungry. Yes, that's just that's to just paraphrase a rage against the machine song. <laughs> So like yeah, no, don't 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 probably another problem. Don't make me stay unemployed out of spite because that's literally the only, yeah. like I've never made enough money as, to be able to even pay into it, you know. So it's like as many depression naps as I tank take, I don't think I'll be like sleepy enough to die that way. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. Yeah, like uh, 
Great movie. Good shit. Um, yes, we uh, are on the internet. We are. Um, we, we have a we have a Patreon, and yes. you should check it Patreon. out. Uh, Patreon.com slash Neon Dystopia. You can drop us a dollar if you are so inclined. There are options for more, but those are jokes. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't you know? Have to a buck uh, if you. If can. you would like to and support us in a new way. We do have merch. Oh, yeah. We finally. We got the low life crap shop. We do. It's on spring. Don't worry about that. Putting in spring. It's literally just. Uh, fuck. What was it? No. I forgot our title. L0WL1F3 crap shop. One dot word. com. That's it. It's its own domain. So yeah. just go to the crap shop. You can buy. We're going to expand it over time. We're just kind of experimenting right now. So it's just basic yeah. like logo, black logos. Uh, there is a sticker I'm particularly fond of that you can go buy and plaster on all a very cheeky coffee cup. Yeah, there's <laughs> it's just that's all we're going to say about that. I love that coffee cup. That was a wonderful image. I, kinda, I need to get that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, we're also on the Twitter, and um, uh, we have uh, at Neon Dystopia and at L0WL1F3. And I, you know, because I wanted to help, I did an Instagram. Have you heard of Instagram? There's a lo- the underscore lowlife underscore podcast on Instagram with four pictures and seven followers. We're doing good. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> it's probably more beneficial than the Facebook page. We are on Facebook, yeah. by the way. Don't worry about it. But, but Neon Dystopia's <laughs> got I mean, a Facebook page that you can go follow, I guess. And I, I update yeah. that still for some reason. Uh, you are Neon Dystopia. We are on Twitter. That's that's me on mm-hmm. there. Uh, we update. I update that. So if you ever want to reach out to me on there, you can. Uh, just a reminder too, Neon Dystopia is always open for submissions. Uh, you can either mm-hmm. contact me directly on Twitter if you have questions about that, or there is a uh, there is something with our uh, what we call it submission uh, guidelines. But you know what? If you're interested and you're listening to this, just hit me up on Twitter and I could direct you to it. And you know, because yeah. we're always looking out yeah. for stuff. And, uh, and you know, like like we were saying about our own writing careers. You know, we know how hard that fucking is. Like, I'm yeah. literally going to say like there so, are people who wanted to write for us and like, hey, shit's going on. Like, literally three people, and I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. Like seriously you're yeah. fine like take your time. yeah take your time man. Cool. Like, don't worry about it like we're in a we're in a global place. yeah like, <laughs> i'm like i'm not gonna bust you your can... balls because like you're not giving me the article I'm like you literally just gave me the pitch oh, and i like, gotta meet the yeah no gotta meet the deadline i liked or, your pitch yeah, no don't worry about it <laughs> work, work, work on it until it makes you know until it feels good and stuff like take your yeah. time Make, you know, yeah. develop it. Do what you got to do. Oh, 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 um, also, if you're listening to this and you know anything about website design, please contact me on Neonistopia's Twitter because we yes. would like to form a relationship with you because we kind of decided instead of just hiring some rando off Fiverr, we'd really like people who like are generally interested in us and this and everything yeah. else. And, you know, so like yeah. reach out to us, you know, we'll, we'll get to know each other. Like that's something because that was, again, I think we mentioned quite a few times, like we want to do, we need, we need a new website. We need we need a new website. Yeah. 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 So it is that's, that's the great. Kowloon Walled City <laughs> website. It really is. It's amazing. And I'm not, we're me, us, we're not smart enough. <laughs> yeah. No. no. My my programming career ended with basic on a sixty four stuff. I uh I tried I tried to get through a course, a free course on Code Academy, and then I just I just lost it when I had to uh program uh, a tiny little text adventure man you so. know what i'm good at hypnospace outlaw i'm real good yeah. i'm real good at oh that. god we need we need to talk about that we will uh, on oh, this, boy. On oh this we show. will but we will. huge shout out to hypnospace outlaw because 
how I how how Th- how thank you for giving me I guess thank you for giving me PTSD flashbacks of Mavis Beacon. Yeah, thank you for mm-hmm. for those uh, very unnerving uh, 3D graphics that are just just scream to me from my formative uh, childhood nightmares. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, I I purchased the game when it like was released on PS4, and I was really I was drinking. Uh, when no, I don't don't do that. And <laughs> that's a bad idea. I didn't. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. a horrible no. idea. Don't do that. I have, this is I have definitely tried. I have fuck? definitely started that game a couple times, and I was just so high that I was no, like, "No, that's bad. I you need to be- cannot." I I was only moderately high. You need to be when sober when playing it. it. You need to be. Hey, hey, oh, hey. for sure, for sure. For you need sure. to be sober when playing that game because it's yeah. mm, it is a trip. Oh, yeah. No, it is a trip. And it it's God, it's so well designed and very well oh man. It's polished, it's beautiful. Thank you guys. I don't remember your names. Uh <laughs> the uh, uh developers' names. And hey, um, I, uh, and hey. I, I feel I feel similarly uh, um I feel similarly about Deep Rock Galactic. That's like <laughs> this whole space dwarf miner co-op. You know the camaraderie of it, the the ability to uh, research and develop beers for your in ship bar is really fun. Um, yeah. Being able to pick a song on the jukebox, that's adorable. Grab your beer, stand in the dance floor, and have different dance moves. And if you don't like it, you just walk out of the circle and walk back in. And you get a new dance move. Uh, pretty fucking charming, guys. Uh, yeah, well, well done. That's uh, it's hilarious. Uh, yeah. You know. Hey, for Carl.